Sandy. K-Man's top news headlines of the day from CMR. Good morning, Sandy. Morning, morning. Good morning, Blake and Aaron. How's it going? Happy Tuesday. All yeah. is well. What do you got for us this morning? All right. So we've got a bit of excitement building about the upcoming air show. Mm-hmm. So everyone's getting super, super pumped about that. Of course, there will be some closures as a result of it. So please be mindful of those in case you're going to decide to be out on a boat that this weekend for some reason. Um, for safety reasons, obviously, there'll be some air airspace restrictions, some boating restrictions, and undoubtedly some traffic restrictions as well. So the RCIPS um, trying to get ahead of this about what road closures will happen and the temporary marine restrictions for the air show. So essentially, starting on Friday, December the 2nd at 80, 8 a.m. and Saturday, December the 3rd at 6 uh, due to the air show vendor village is what they're calling it. There'll be no public access to the parking lot at Seven Mile Beach. Hmm. Parking is going to be available at the Caboose site. And uh, there will also be parking available at Kimata Bay with a shuttle service provided. There will be a number of traffic management um, in place for the northbound lanes of the Esterly Tibbetts Highway uh, between the Seven Mile Beach Roundabout and Yacht Club as well on Saturday, December the 3rd from 6 a.m. until 2 p.m. So anyone um, intending to park at the Caboose site will be required to utilize the left lane and persons traveling towards West Bay or Yacht Club will utilize the right lane. So they're just going to shift it on the other side. Okay. Anyone traveling southbound will not be able to turn right at the Yacht Club roundabout or at the Seven Mile Beach roundabout. So just, you know, expect there to be um, some differences as it relates to the traffic for um, for the events this weekend. So, um, of course, there's going to be a mer- around the ra- roundabout to the caboose site right there. Yes. So you're going to go all um, the way down and back. All the way down. Yeah. That's so, um, so if you're coming, so from there's like, going to be like um, uh, Morgan's Har- or Morgan's Harbor or Back Row or something, or live over yeah, there. I mean, like, they, could have, oh. they haven't really provided an, any sort of a diagram for this, which I. Th- I think would actually be really, really helpful if they did, because there's some people who might get a little bit confused by written instructions. Um, But yeah, there's no diagram or anything, but it sounds like you are going to go all the way down and then back around. Hmm. Uh What about, I would think there'd be an entrance though. There's another entrance once you take West Bay road and you go, you know, towards cemetery beach. Like, if you go that direction, if you go just a little bit further up, there's another entrance to Caboo if they went down that road. So I, I was thinking, I would be, I would think if you were coming from West Bay, that would utilize that entrance for those people coming in from the West. So mm-hmm. you wouldn't have to go all the way down. Oh, that was, the, I don't know. I guess I well, need to see an, it. There's an entrance off the roundabout. Yeah, that's, oh, that, and then if you go down a little bit more, there's another yeah, one? Do you, like, do you remember the, the old road, oh, West Bay Road, you know what I'm talking about? yes, now I know what you're talking about, you right in front it, of those, like, condos, yeah, whatever they're called. Yeah, turn down there, you could get in mm-hmm. yeah. as well. Mm, well, I do mm. think they block the road off there mm. with, like, concrete. No, you can turn down oh. there, obviously, because if, if you're a resident, you can. Well, no, I think they block it off at a certain point down there. I don't know. Oh, I see. Yeah, I don't know. Listen. Well, move. Well, go. all I can tell you is you're, if you're going to the air show, you live anywhere on West Bay Road, 
there is going to be a bit of traffic to be expected. Um, I got a great this idea. Weekend. Stay, uh, do a staycation at the the Kimpton. Didn't they just tell walk you and walk over. Be able to park there at the Kempton. Remember when you were staying there last time when it was the ro- uh, the air show when it was meant to happen and then they canceled it, but you were doing a staycation there and they told you as guests like you couldn't even park there. Or Not something. guests. It's if you weren't a guest. Oh, if you weren't yeah. a guest. Oh, okay. Yeah, I got that wrong. But yeah, no, that's the better <laughs> idea. Do a staycation at the Kempton. There you go. If they have any space, they may already be booked out. True. That'd be cool to be mm-hmm. able to watch it from the balcony right there, though. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, hey, talk to um, us about um, yes. Yeah, so it's going to be going to be a bit of traffic um, to be expected. The police have arrested a wanted man and charged him with burglary. So um, his name should be a little bit familiar to all of us at this particular time because he's always in a bit of trouble. Um, Mitchum Wood arrested, located, and arrested by police during an operation in Northside over the weekend on Saturday. And um, police say that based on observations made at the time of the arrest, they have reason to suspect that he was involved in a burglary that occurred earlier that day at a service station on Bodentown Road. Ah. Hmm. Remember the one that we reported? Yeah. But I Which heard, they, I, they technically never said that they they never told us about that incident. But there you go. I heard that, or I read that there was a uh, foiled uh, yes. last night. Talk to us about that. Indeed. So, again, the police have been really busy. They say that they've interrupted a robbery attempt in Prospect. So, in Prospect. yes, this yeah. was three men. Yeah. Oh, wow. It was a restaurant or something, right? What restaurant? Yeah, three men who were in the process of robbing a restaurant in Prospect last Friday fled after like they saw the police jerk? patrol in the area. The jerk stand restaurant? Uh, they didn't specify which restaurant, mm. but um, they've said that uh, shortly after 9.25 p.m., police officers were on patrol in the Prospect area, stopped by a member of the public at a restaurant located um, in the area. The officers were informed that two masked men had approached a restaurant brandishing handguns wow. while a third man stood at the entrance. Imagine that. And did they get the people? The men uh, made threats and demanded money. But when they saw the police patrolling, they took off on foot in an unknown direction. Mm-hmm. No arrest made yet. No okay. injuries reported. But uh, they still got foiled. So it shows you that police, um, you know, patrols work. Yeah, for sure. And so those should definitely be. But you know what? They got to turn those. They have to turn those uh, red and blue lights off. You can see. Uh, you can see them coming from like a mile away. You know what I mean? Yeah. Exactly. Yes, that is well, very, well, I, very true. Uh, I can. You know, I can see. Uh, I can see the cops coming. Let's let's get out of here before the cops uh-huh. even see them. It's yeah. Like, maybe maybe they should do a little bit of. Um, they could do a little bit of undercover. You know, like use I mean, some of their undercover vehicles yeah. and just kind of. Uh, stake out certain locations. Like even that's if you're, my, that's uh, my amateur opinion. Even if you're speeding, it's just like, oh, I see a cop coming uh, mm-hmm. way up there. Let's slow down. Got to mm-hmm. turn those lights off. I was be I was next to a cop with his lights on, and a car went by the speed sign, at, and it started flashing 55 miles an hour. Did nothing. Cop did nothing. So. Well, maybe he was <laughs> off. His lights were on. Oh, that's true. Um, seven like, more. <laughs> seven Man. more uh, migrants arrived in Cayman Brac. Seven more Cuban migrants arrived in Cayman Brac. Um, over a two-day period, that was Thursday, four came in, four males, uh, around 6.30 a.m. And on Saturday, they had another three males 
arriving at Spot Bay in Cayman Brack. Mm-hmm. And finally, a little bit of regional news, Jamaica, a company called JP Farms, which is Jamaica's most prominent commercial grower of bananas, announced that it's going to take legal action against fraudsters in Canada. Okay. Hmm. They misrepresented its brand by selling bananas bearing fake JP branding. Hmm. Not crazy. It's like banana gate. <laughs> you didn't. I know you didn't. You don't think people would fake a banana? Is that a like banana? Is that a real banana? Or are you? <laughs> or you just fake banana. where it's coming from? You see me. That makes you wonder where is it coming from? Anyway, it yeah. uh, had fake JP branding and it was removed from the Canadian market. They're telling them to remove it as soon as possible. Uh, this is according to the Jamaica Gleaner. And the company notes that the imposter banana stickers are circular, whereas their JP stickers are actually oval. Listen, it, you know when it's not a real <laughs> Gucci bag. You know, when it's not, you know when it's not a real Louis Vuitton bag. No, no. Right? Yeah. That is true. It's a banana. I mean, really? So they're, they're saying that apparently the fake Jamaican bananas are actually originating from other Caribbean islands, not so? Jamaica. Okay. Definitely not Cayman either. We don't bananas. export bananas. I, mean, different. Have I have bananas coffee. on my tree. Can you put a JP sticker Can I put on them? A JP sticker. <laughs> <laughs> Did you send a J? Put a JP farm sticker and send it all the way to Canada? Hmm. Uh, yeah, it's um, it, it cost a lot. I lost money on the venture. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, they're saying that their uh, the trust in their product is being exploited, and uh, they will be pursuing legal action against the Canadian stores who are selling the imposter bananas. But they probably didn't know that they were selling imposter imposter bananas. They probably just got them from whoever their supplier is. Sure. Anyway, those are some of your headlines for this morning. Did you you notice our new overlay there, Blake? I love it. I saw the Chris logo. It's pretty cool. Cool. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, Catch Sandy's show right now on Bobo 89.1 FM. You are dialed in, right, Sandy? Just reminding you. Oh, yes. Um, On it this morning. Got up bright and early. We'll see you tomorrow for Wednesday (laughs) headlines. All right. All right, guys. Have a good one. Our segment with C. All right, folks. Um, good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Hope you guys are well. We do have some guests in the studio this morning, and we'll be bringing them in shortly. Hope you guys had a fabulous night. All right. Go ahead and get this show started. Good morning, everyone. Peppermint, sorrel, ginger, fever grass, or English. Get it ready. Your morning tea just got hotter. Ooh, honey child. On the cold hard truth, Bobo 89.1 and Cayman's number one talk show are bringing you morning talk like no one else. Monday Rewind, Impact Wednesdays, Caribbean Connections, and much more. Don't miss a beat with what's happening in the local community. Just keep sipping your tea. What a mess. Here's your host, live and direct from the Cayman Islands, Sandy Hill. morning to our beautiful audience. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. Happy Tuesday to you. This week is well underway. We're right in the cusp on the verge of launching um, the month of December. So get ready for that. That's on Thursday. 
And uh, yeah, we're all ready. We see Miss Vernita is here. We're just giving our guests just a few more minutes to get themselves sorted out. We've got Diamond Princess also in the house. Olivia is here. Uh, Shujit says sniffer dogs would come in handy in such situations. Um, yes, and you know, Sujit, uh, we are still waiting to get additional information on what might have transpired in relation to that police dog. We still haven't received any updates. And not only have we not received any updates, but quite frankly, uh, we are also, um, you know, sort of wondering uh, where, where are the other police dogs? Uh, we don't really see police dogs often. So that's a good idea, but something we'd have to probe a bit more. So Wee Wee, good morning to you. Um, Irvlin, how are you? Miss Mia's in the house. She says, good morning, beautiful people. We have Marshall, who is also here with us, as well as Felicia and Bonnie. Miss Bonnie, of course, has got it locked along with Chantel and numerous others. So we're back on our regular YouTube feed this morning. So please, um, if you were using the backup feed, you can now switch back to the regular one. And I will be sending out links here shortly just to remind everyone of uh, of where we're located in case you're watching us on social media. And don't forget, we're live every single morning on Bobo 89.1 FM. And Bobo also has an online live stream. If for some reason you're in your office and you can't get access to YouTube or Facebook, because I know some offices block those, but you'd like to continue listening, just search for the Bobo link on uh, Google search and it will come up and you can listen discreetly with your headphones on to the morning show. Hello, Miss Lulu. So a lot of you um, oftentimes tell me that Sandy, you know, the show is so entertaining and so funny that even sometimes when you're at work, you're silently giggling, not so silently because your coworker is looking at you like, what is funny? And uh, yes, you're like, oh gosh, Sandy's got me cracking up. I figure they probably knew that already. Mm -hmm. And they're just like, we know you're up to something over there in your corner of the office. Good morning to Gabby. Gabby's got it locked. She's ready for her morning tea. Miss Sheila is here. Good morning, Sheila. Talk what you know. Says morning, CMR fam fam. Hi, Carla. Um, and Lulu says every day. Every day she's got it locked and every day she is having uh, a, uh, a good chuckle. That's what we're here for. Serious conversations, yes. But what is life without a little bit of laughter in your life? So we got Health City in the house. Uh, Brazil, did they win yesterday? Um, who's playing today, by the way? Today we have, I know you guys are World Cup fans. We've got Ecuador and Senegal up at 10 o'clock. Then we have the Netherlands and, oh gosh, I even hate saying the host name because we know we're going to get it right. Qatar. Iran and the USA is up at 2 p.m. So um, then we have Wales and England on at 2 p.m. as well. So wait a minute. There's two games on at 2 p.m.? Oh, gosh. How are you guys going to manage? You're going to have to choose. Iran and the USA versus Wales and England. Hmm. Wales and England, why are they playing each other? They're almost the same country. <laughs> All right, folks. So some interesting uh, games today. Um, you know, there've been a couple upsets already, but, uh, did the, did, oh, Brazil playing, Brazil's playing now? Wait a minute. They're playing this morning. I thought they played yesterday. Okay. I just can't even keep up. So they're playing right now, says KK. All right. Let me double check my schedule. 
because if they're playing right now, um, we want to make sure that we're on top of it. So, yes, lots of football fever happening this time of year, of course. Um, are you sure they're playing today? I have four matches. And um, they're not on the list, honey chair. I kind of thought that they played yesterday, KK. Are you getting confused? Maybe you're watching a repeat. So they played, Brazil played yesterday. They played Switzerland at 11 a.m. So yes, it must be a replay. Don't be confusing us now because, you know, we're confused enough around these parts. All right. So um, I'm assuming Brazil won. Otherwise, I probably would have heard a lot of outcry and I didn't hear any. So good morning to John. He says, my hot tea is ready. Good morning to Alejandro. So good to see you. Talk what you know. Says it's what Gramps Morgan sings about. It's all about love. Yes. Gabby confirms that Brazil did play yesterday, and I'm assuming that they are successful. KK, how can you be a fan of Brazil and you're watching a, a replay and didn't even know it was alive? <laughs> She's like, regardless, um, same way, Team Brazil all the way. So I think that Brazil um, is definitely a favorite. So they won yesterday 1-0 against Switzerland. So there you go. Still doing well, still hanging in there. Um, Irvlin is having a good chuckle at that one. All right, so we've got Health City in the house today. It is Medical Rundown Tuesdays. So pretty much every single Tuesday, they are here joining us for um, a very educational uh, and still entertaining segment. I mean, I always learn a lot from these segment segments myself. And today's particular topic, I am very, very interested in. So we're going to be talking about what most of us um, call acid reflux, uh, GERD, um, which is gastroesophageal reflux disease or chronic acid reflux. You know, we've all had a little bit of it, I feel, in our lifetime, but those who suffer from it on a chronic level will have to know that it's not a very nice situation at all. So first up in the house, we've got Ms. Rebecca Brooks, who is head of marketing and sales at Health City Cayman Islands. Good morning to Rebecca. How are you? Good morning. Yes, I'm great. Thank you. How are you? Okay, we're fantastic. Thanks for joining us. I believe this is your first time. So welcome, welcome. Thank you. And Thank you. Yes, this is my first time. Yes. I'm delighted to be on the show. <laughs> so we've also got uh, Dr. Sunil, who is going to be joining us as well. And he's a senior consultant gastroenterologist. So big words there. Dr. Sunil, good morning. How are you? Morning, Sandy. Morning. Nice to see you. Yes. Thank you so much. It's very, very so, good um, to so see happy. you as well. So we're going to be talking about one of those things that I feel like we've all suffered from a little bit, but of course, you know, we're going to be talking about individuals who are on the, um, more on the chronic side of things. So um, acid reflux is normally the, the common layman's term for it. We're going to talk about exactly what GERD is uh, this morning and when does it become chronic. But give us a baseline definition of um, what chronic acid reflux is, or GERD, gastroesophageal reflux disease. Um, it simply means that uh, the, 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 the stomach... Uh, uh, contents flow into the esophagus. Normally it shouldn't, but mm -hmm. when it does, it is called gastroesophageal reflux. 
So it is from the gastric side to the esophageal side. And when it becomes a chronic reflux, it becomes a disease. So that's the entire form of a gastroesophageal reflux disease. The esophagus is not supposed to handle acid. So when the acid comes up from the stomach into the esophagus, the lining slowly gets damaged and destroyed. So mm -hmm. that leads to esophagitis. And esophagitis leads to the symptoms of the patient. Mm -hmm. And the main symptoms a patient experiences is you will experience heartburn, sour taste in your mouth, sore throat, sometimes persistent cough, ear, nose, throat complaints. So you get a variety of symptoms which are more related to the chest as well as the throat. Mm -hmm. So this encompasses the disease per se. All right. So um, let's talk about then some of the specific symptoms that people can oftentimes look for. Does this particular um, disease mimic anything else? So are there other things that are very similar, like from just having regular heartburn? How do I know then that it's, it's a chronic situation of acid reflux? Yeah, it's a very pertinent question. But this uh, question we asked first to ourselves prior to dealing with uh, gastroesophageal reflux. So if a patient comes to you with a heartburn, we do make sure that it's not cardiac in origin. So we normally refer a patient to a, a cardiologist, make sure the cardiac status is evaluated, just at least a basic um, ECG or an echo, mm -hmm. and make sure that you don't have a cardiac problem and only label as a chronic GRD if the cardiac status is normal. Mm -hmm. Okay. So chest pain, um, sore throat and hoarseness in the morning in particular, trouble swallowing, tightness in the throat or feeling of choking. And of course, um, a chronic cough, which is something I seem to always have, but I don't have any of the other symptoms. <laughs> and even vomiting. So, um, you know, I think that, I think everyone has kind of experienced a little bit of acid reflux. You know, when you have that late night fried oily meal that you probably shouldn't have been eating after eight o'clock and then you're so tired that you just like fall asleep and you go to bed and you lie flat and then you feel it like it hasn't quite settled and it's that burning in your chest that's very very different and unique um so that's that's like a one-off acid reflux situation how often do you have to have it in order for it to be considered chronic Oh, generally, it's a four weeks uh, duration. We say that uh, any 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 symptom is chronic when uh, uh, one to treatment, two it is uh, lasting more than four weeks. Mm -hmm. Wow, I can't imagine having that for four weeks. So normally, when you see people, then Dr. Sunil, there are uh, in a lot of discomfort when they come and see you. So what? Uh, just walk us through sort of the initial process of how you assess that they do have, um, you know, chronic acid reflux? And then what are some of the treatment options that we're going to be looking at? Um, see, when a patient comes to you, uh, 
especially as a gastroenterologist, this is not a, a first-time consultation. Generally, they are referred, they are refractory, they have already undergone treatment. Um, they might still be on treatment and and end up with a partial relief. So uh, we may have to investigate even during the primary um, uh, consultation, the first consultation. So the investigation is uh, um, centered around one is there an anatomical breakdown of the gastroesophageal junction? Is there a structural abnormality there which predisposes the patient to a reflux? So you do an endoscopy. Once you do an endoscopic evaluation, we know whether the structure of that patient is normal, whether the esophagus uh, has been uh, pulled up, whether the stomach, have, there is a hiatal hernia, is there a is there a, a, a very lax uh, gastroesophageal junction? So these things are identified during that endoscopy. Mm-hmm. Number two, if we find the esophagitis, we grade them. There are three or four grades of esophagitis. There is a mild form, we call it grade A, mm-hmm. a moderate form, which is grade B, and a severe form, which is either grade C or grade D. Now, once uh, once the grading is done, um, we would definitely like to know whether is it the acid which is refluxing up or is it the bile? Sometimes the bile reflux can occur. Mm-hmm. And the patient complaints has to be correlated or a further management has to be done after knowing what kind of refluxate is present in the esophagus. So we go for something what is called a 24-hour pH monitoring. A 24-hour pH monitoring is a very simple test where we put in a small capsule in the esophagus and the patient can walk around with a recorder uh, in the belt. It's a wireless monitoring. So they do their own jobs. They go to sleep. Um, They just record whenever you're eating a meal, they record an event. Whenever they experience a heartburn, they record that event. And when that events are recorded, we run through that 24-hour uh, events which are happening inside the esophagus. Mm-hmm. So it's a it's called a, a, a capsule pH monitoring. So once you do that, you know there is a reflux, there is a, a, a structural abnormality. Now these require treatment more than pharmacological. Mm-hmm. It requires treatment like maybe we may have to go ahead with repairing the valve. We may have to go ahead with... Uh, with uh, uh, a laparoscopic uh, surgery to correct the uh, diaphragmatic uh, hernia. So these things may have to be done depending on the severity and the structural abnormality you detect during these investigations. Mm-hmm. Wow. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and, and if you look into the treatment uh, or restructuring of the valve, um, um, we are now offering them um, endoscopic restructuring. You don't have to undergo a laparoscopy or surgery for that. It's a, it's a kind of a daycare procedure where you can repair that valve by an endoscope. If you don't have a diaphragmatic hernia, which needs a surgical repair, of course, we don't have an endoscopic repair for a hernia. But then if you ha- have a, 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 a lax gastroesophageal junction without a hernia, we can easily repair it with the endoscope, restructure the valve. So that's uh, what we are into. Hmm. All right. We do have some questions that are coming in this morning. Of course, you can call into the program if you have a question for 
Uh, the specialist here from Health City Cayman Islands, 936-2626. That's 936-BOBO. So we do have Suji who says, is GERD more common in some communities as compared to others? So perhaps he's thinking about like communities who eat a lot of spicy foods. Do they tend to suffer more from chronic acid reflux than others who don't? Or does it kind of, is it mostly across, evenly across uh, different populations and different uh, communities? Um, if you look at this subset of people who suffer from gastroesophageal uh, reflux, uh, generally, they are in the category of an excess weight with a larger mm -hmm. tummy, with uh, a habit of drinking excess of uh, alcohol, especially carbonated beverages. Um, if you are in the habit of uh, uh, lying down immediately after food intake, uh, mm -hmm. if you are more lazier, more of a, 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 a person who prefers a bed rather than uh, rather than uh, a vertical position. Uh, those people are more prone to uh, gastroesophageal reflux. Uh, mm. It's not a community-based thing because spicy food, yes, it aggravates it. Yeah, mm -hmm. It does. But then uh, um, there are more important things. Even uh, citrus uh, uh, fruits can aggravate it. So uh, this is more related to to the the, the body habitus, um, some developmental uh, abnormalities in the diaphragm or the or the esophagus uh, and lifestyles which we build up over the years. Mm -hmm. So we find reflux more for people after the age of 40, 45 years when your abdominal girth keeps on be be becoming bigger and bigger. So this is uh, uh, this is a kind of uh, not related to a community. It's related to more of a of a lifestyle and body habitus. Mm -hmm. Wow. So let's talk about uh, some of those things, Sujit, uh, that might be causing um, you to have an episode of chronic uh, GERD. Now, can it go away? Can you have a chronic, um, you know, four weeks and then it goes away in its own? Or would you definitely at that point recommend medical intervention? Yep. Yeah, if uh, you are suffering from a heartburn or an acid reflux and it is troubling you for more than four weeks, um definitely a consultation mm -hmm. is due uh you're generally put on a on an acid suppressant that's what's universally being done uh, throughout the world we put them on what it, what is called a proton pump inhibitor it's called pantoprazole or omeprazole or lansoprazole one of those uh, proton pump inhibitors are used for suppression of the acid mm -hmm. and once acid gets suppressed the symptoms gradually fade off now, yes. the problem here is if there is a structural abnormality, when you stop the medication, the symptoms recur. So acid suppression is a temporary measure to control the symptoms, but it won't cure the reflux. Mm. So, so that's what is generally being faced by people who consult us because they are on acid suppression for a long time. And that's something which we don't recommend also. If you are on acid suppression for two or three years, you tend to develop certain side effects of the drug. Plus, the acid suppression will prevent absorption of certain minerals. Plus, the acid suppression will take about a part of the immunity because it's a, it's a barrier to, to control uh, the, the bacteria or the viruses which enter uh, through our food or water into the mm -hmm. stomach. 
Very interesting. All right. So Sandra is on the live feed. She says, wow, this is interesting. Um, 99% of GERD is bad dietary habits, says Sujit. So there are other risk factors, however, uh, that one should know about. For example, obesity. So um, tell us how obesity contributes to having chronic acid reflux. Uh, Sandra, you can imagine a person whose tummy girth is growing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, the girth grows because there is a lot of fat inside. Mm. Now the fat stretches the diaphragm. The, the, when, the, when the tummy grows, the diaphragm gets automatically stretched. And when that stretches on, the esophagus actually goes through a small hole in the diaphragm called hiatus. Mm-hmm. Now the hiatus becomes bigger. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful picture, beautiful picture. So you can see that 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 fine tube, which is a foot pipe, enters the stomach, which is a sac-like organ. Mm-hmm. And that junction is the one which, uh, which uh, in fact, when the diaphragm becomes uh, stretched, that junction slowly migrates up through that hole into the chest. Mm-hmm. So we lose the we lose the 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 valvular function of that junction. So the right. stomach contents freely reflux back into the esophagus. So whenever we we eat some food, and definitely if you have got a tendency to lie down immediately, mm-hmm. this is like like a bottle uh, uh, with a cap open and then you tilt the bottle, the contents flow out. So this is exactly what happens in obesity because of the stretch involved, the diaphragmatic pinch or that valvular function of the gastroesophageal junction is lost. Mm -hmm. They tend to develop something called a hiatal hernia. That's called a hiatal hernia. So obesity is a part of uh, that. And two, Obese people have got a general tendency to eat a lot. So mm. the stomach stomach is reaching a, a threshold where it is really full. And whenever it starts contracting to digest the food, some of amount is squeezed up into the esophagus. Mm-hmm. So you have got a, a lifestyle habit of eating a lot, stretching the stomach, stretching the diaphragm, creating hiatal hernia. And then the kinds of food you eat. If you mm-hmm. eat a lot of a lot of uh, uh, um, uh, fat-containing food, if you eat a lot of uh, carbonated stuff, uh, these things uh, reflux up a lot because fat takes time to digest, and because it takes time to digest, it remains in the stomach for a longer time, and it, that has got a more chance of refluxing out. So these are the the, the problems which obese people. Uh, face. Mm-hmm. So losing weight might be a good thing in terms of um, helping if you have chronic uh, GERD disease. Yes. Yes, losing weight is definitely one of the one of the number one uh, number one treatment modalities we recommend for uh, uh, for reducing the reflux. Mm-hmm. Very good. And we also have pregnancy. So of course, this is something that you know. Is going to happen probably to a lot of women in their lives, um, and I'm assuming it's uh, just one of the side effects. Expansion of that particular area will um, impact not just the stomach but the esophagus as well. Um, yeah, uh, definitely. Uh, did you mention pregnancy? Yes. Yes. Yeah. 
Uh, see, pregnancy is a situation where the uh, the uh, fetus actually grows into the abdomen mm-hmm. from the pelvic area when it uh, crosses the pelvic uh, uh, summit and grows into the into the abdomen. It compresses on on a lot of organs. So one of the organs which definitely is affected is the stomach because stomach being a reservoir of food, when it gets compressed, some amount of reflux is bound to happen. Mm-hmm. Second, the diaphragm also gets stretched. When the diaphragm gets stretched, it, happen, it, it it's like a situation where you are obese. Mm-hmm. And number three is there are certain hormones which are secreted during uh, pregnancy which are called relaxants. They are all hormones which which uh, will, uh, in fact, slow down the peristaltic movements. So the forward transit in the GI tract is affected. So it tends to come back. So these are the situations which are created by pregnancy. This is a beautiful diagram. I mean, I mean, uh, Sandra, that shows the, the, the gastroesophageal valve, the sphincter, how the diaphragm... Mm-hmm creates a pinch. You can see the diaphragm on either side uh, creating a, a pinch on the on the esophagus. Now, when the diaphragm is, uh, that pinch is gone, mm-hmm. uh, that, that valve becomes pretty loose. Yes. So, uh, this valve is the one which is uh, which is the, uh, what do you call, uh, um, uh, the, the most important anatomical barrier to reflux. So, if this barrier is broken, um, mm-hmm. reflux is always there so when we treat a patient one of the things which we have to assess is is there an intact barrier or is the barrier broken if it mm-hmm. is broken if the diaphragm is involved then it has to be surgically repaired because we can't we can't repair the diaphragm endoscopically you can see it is outside the GI tract mm-hmm. but if it is the valve which is inside which is the problem we can repair it endoscopically. That, that's what we do is called a, a TIF procedure. T I F. It is transoral incisionless fundoplication. Mm-hmm. And what it, what is so interesting about the feeling? Like I said, I've had it kind of a couple times. Thankfully, nothing chronic. But I mean, literally, the burning it does feel like a burn, and you feel it coming all the way up, um, kind of in the throat area. So if someone has ever, you know, suffered from this, whether chronic or just the occasional episode, you know that it's the most uncomfortable feeling. And of course, that is why um, you've got a gastroenterologist like Dr. Sunil, who is able to properly diagnose this and to um, get you the treatment uh, that is going to kind of control this as quickly as possible. So don't suffer in pain, um, Rebecca. You know, you guys have an entire complement of specialists at your disposal at Health City, and this is but another example of why it's so important to um, to have them on board, because we suffer from all sorts of uh, of ailments, sometimes chronic, um, sometimes on the verge of being chronic, and of course we want to know that the um, specialists are here on island. We don't have to go overseas for what would you know be sort of a rudimentary treatment otherwise. So tell us a little bit about um, Dr. Sunil's, you know, department where he can be found at at Health City. Yeah, so Dr. Sunil is based both at Health City at East End and also he has mm-hmm. a clinic at Kamana Bay. 
Um, he has a colleague, Dr. Cyril, um, who's also a gastroenterologist, so they make the, the great team that we have here. Um, and both of them, like I said, are both available at lo both locations, so it makes it easy okay. for you to get to. Um, you know, in terms of just having initial um, workups, if you wanted to see one of our internal medicine specialists, we have um, an array of internal medicine specialists, again, both at Health City East End and in Georgetown at Kamana Bay. Um, so we do have a great team of specialists that can um, certainly help you, particularly if you have GERD or suffering from any sort of gastro intestinal issue. Um, one of the other things that Dr. Sunil is also becoming very famous for is his um, overstitch procedure as well, which actually is probably a good treatment in itself in terms of suffering with GERD because it also helps to counteract obesity as well. So I don't know whether Dr. Sunil wants to talk a little bit about that too, um, because mm -hmm. he's been doing it for now for three months um, and uh, it's had some quite good success stories so far. So um, I don't know whether you want to hmm. have a quick chat about that, Doctor. Mm -hmm. Sure. Oh yeah, Rebecca. Thank you for 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 that reminder. Um, uh, overstitch is something which we started about uh, three four months back, mm -hmm. um, and we have had some uh, uh, pretty good results with it. Uh, this is a uh, again an endoscopic uh, procedure where we uh, offer that to patients who are uh, having excess weight, but uh, between a BMI of 30 to 40. Uh, it's not for uh, a persons who are uh, super obese or above 40 BMI. Mm -hmm. But then 30 to 40, uh, patients who uh, want to lose a weight of around 50 pounds uh, to 60 pounds can, uh, can uh, uh, avail that uh, procedure. Uh, what it entails is uh, with the endoscope, uh, we go in and, uh, and uh, reduce the volume of the stomach by suturing up the walls. Um, so the uh, the stomach volume is reduced to um, maybe thirty percent of its uh, original volume, and that prevents uh, overeating. It reduces the appetite, and it brings down the weight uh, by around fifty to sixty pounds. It's a moderate target. It's not a huge target because it's a physiological reduction in volume. We are not cutting away the part of the stomach. Um, mm -hmm. So this is uh, something that's called an overstitch procedure. We have been uh, we have done a, a dozen of it uh, so far, and it looks uh, uh, very promising because it's, it's it's being offered to patients who have uh, even comorbidity, like uh, an, a, a diabetic patient, uh, early diabetes, uh, sometimes related to obesity. Uh, this can be reversed by the by the procedure when you lose it weight. Mm -hmm. It it controls the hypertension. For example, if you lose sixty pounds, you lose at least uh, ten millimeters of uh, pressure. And if you if you have a cardiac uh, morbidity, uh, a coronary artery disease, mm -hmm. uh, all these patients can undergo this procedure uh, because mm -hmm. it's a, it's a kind of a daycare procedure. The patient comes in the uh, in the morning, gets the procedure done, if um, and maybe uh, an overnight observation, and and they are discharged the next morning. So mm. uh, uh, the 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 side effects are few, and the mm -hmm. uh, and the patients lose around fifteen to twenty percent of weight. Uh, over a over a period of one year, but then uh, diet and exercise becomes a part of the, mm -hmm. uh, the of the schedule. Also, don't think that this is a this is a miracle thing which uh, which creates uh, uh, an extreme loss of weight. No, mm -hmm. uh, but it motivates patients because the amount of weight loss, in fact, triggers of their desire to to stick to a diet and exercise schedule and maintain their their figure and form. Yeah, very good. Wow. 
So um, we do have um, a viewer uh, listening to the program on WhatsApp. He says, that morning, Sandra. I'm suffering from GERD for years now. Wow. Can you ask Dr. Sunil if starving oneself can cause GERD as well? I was doing a two-day complete fast, and it was after that that I started to have severe GERD. Maybe I damaged my stomach doing that. I don't know. I was doing that intermittent fasting trend. So can something like intermittent fasting contribute? I mean, we see obesity can, um, pregnancy, and we'll get to some of the others as well. But is fasting anywhere on that list? Oh, no. Fasting no. is not on the list of, uh, uh, list of uh, gastroesophageal reflux, no. Uh, but then uh, a person who is fasting, if he still has got a heartburn, mm-hmm. um, see, the problem here is uh, we have to differentiate the, the heartburn from the retrosternal burning uh, to the upper abdominal burning. So most of the people who have an upper abdominal burning is more related to the stomach issues rather than the esophageal issues. Mm. So if you're, if you're thinking in terms of uh, uh, an epigastric, epigastric means somewhere in the upper abdomen, that's the site of burning. Mm-hmm. It's more related to stomach. It may not be related to the esophagus. Uh, if a person has got still a retrosternal burning sensation, even when uh, he or she is fasting, uh-huh. it means that <clears throat> it means that uh, there is a there is an issue uh, mm-hmm. with the gastroesophageal junctional valve. That valve might be might be uh, loose. Uh, there might be a hiatal hernia, and the acid which is in the stomach, the acid comes in whether you're fasting or not. So Mm -hmm. that can still reflux up. So it's not fasting which is the issue. It is more related to either a breakdown of the anatomical barrier or the patient is localizing the the burning sensation uh, in a wrong way. I mean, uh, he thinks it's a burning, but it's it's in the upper abdomen rather than the retrosternal area. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, to that caller, definitely go and see um, Dr. Sunil because they can properly diagnose you with it instead of you having to suffer for years. So smoking is also on the list um, or anyone who's regularly exposed to secondhand smoke. So this is quite interesting. Um, How does smoking impact uh, GERD? Yeah, smoking is um, um, something which... uh, increases the acid output. Primarily, uh, we have people who have acid output or acid production more than other people. Mm-hmm. So smoking is uh, definitely a, 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 an instigator to more acid output, number one. Number two, when you have um, a smoke, apart from the nicotine, there are other things also inside it which relaxes the gastroesophageal junction. The junctional tone is lost in many of the smokers. Three, the smokers tend to have more of respiratory symptoms and their diaphragm, the diaphragmatic pinch, everything might relax because of their respiratory cough, their wheezing, the, 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 the things that they have uh, as an accompaniment of the smoke. Mm-hmm. And, and the last thing is the blood supply to the mucosal lining. See, all these linings have got their own protection, which is uh, devised when we are born. Mm-hmm. Because the acid, acid uh, uh, is secreted in the stomach, but the stomach is not getting digested. 
the stomach has got its own protection its own barriers so these barriers are dependent on the blood flow into the stomach or the mm-hmm. esophagus now when the blood flow comes down as you know most of the uh, the, the smoking issues are related to blood flow uh, the the protective barriers are lost because that depends on the blood flow mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. so the acid which is secreted in higher output because of the smoking is damaging the lining more because the lining loses its protective barriers secondary to another effect of the smoke so definitely i we can't recommend smoking for a gastroesophageal reflux disease patient and mm-hmm. of course uh, if you have a chronic giardi and you find that the patient develops a, a esophagitis which is refractory a smoker is more prone to develop malignancy in that area compared to other people mm. so it can be extremely dangerous yep that's uh, that's one of the one of the worst scenario of a chronic gastroesophageal reflux you develop something called a barrett's esophagus barrett's esophagus is uh, something which uh, is a pre um, <clears throat> malignant change which happens in the lower esophagus mhm hmm and of course um you know people do get esophageal cancer as well so it's something to definitely uh not do in any event um taking certain medications may also cause acid reflux so what what sort of medications are we talking about here uh, uh medications which uh, which produces acid reflux is uh, something which relaxes the the gastroesophageal junction see being a mus- muscular uh, area anything which relaxes the muscle or reduces the peristalsis um reduces the forward movement so all these drugs can produce reflux they are predominantly called anticholinergic effect anticholinergic effect comes with certain drugs like one uh, the drugs which you use for asthma especially the 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 derifilins the um, uh, the uh, uh, non steroidal anti inflammatory drugs um uh the antidepressants like amitriptyline uh, so there are there are different forms of drugs the 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 ones which are used for uh hypertension mm-hmm. the calcium channel blockers uh mm-hmm. because calcium channel uh, is required for peristalsis so once that that is uh, blocked by the drug um a free uh, reflux can sometimes occur so uh the regular pharmacy as well as uh, the occasional pharmacy can also induce reflux mhm um anything like stress can stress be a contributing factor someone's asking yeah stress can induce reflux but uh um that's more of a motility disturbance which is uh, happening there mm-hmm. um because you know uh, um sandy there's something called a brain um gut axis so uh, whenever stress is there the emotions sometimes drive your uh, intestinal movements mm-hmm. so we tend to uh, sometimes have uh, bloating or burning or you get mm-hmm. uh, weird symptoms in the gi tract secondary to stress and one of them is uh, 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 reduced movement of the of the uh, gastric peristalsis which can increase the reflux mhm Well, it's important to manage stress, folks, and in, in any event, um, you know, stress can do a lot of things and I'm convinced that it can even bring on a coronary incident. 
So you want to find whatever healthy um, stress management tools that are available to you, whether it's meditation, cursing somebody out is always an option sometimes. <laughs> Not always an option, but sometimes an option. Um, you know, meditation is probably the best option. A little bit of exercise, um, you know, whatever, whatever helps that is healthy that isn't going to do more damage. So sometimes I know that there are people who will smoke and drink and take on really, really poor habits, overeat. Uh, because they are stressed out. So look at adopting some of the healthier habits that uh, are less harm inducing. So we do have Gerald who says that I had this problem, but no more at all. Simply um, take true honey full uh, spoon, sprinkle cinnamon powder all over the honey, cover it all over the honey, and then mix in your mouth and swallow slowly. <laughs> Don't eat or drink anything for an hour and do this four times, usually at night before bedtime. And trust me, two days, you're good as ever. Continue for a few months. So that sounds like a lot of honey and cinnamon. Um, any, I think he's, any uh, he's medical, out to our business. <laughs> any <laughs> medical evidence that honey and cinnamon might actually help if you're having uh, an episode of honey is, uh, Yeah, yeah, you're right, Sandra. Now, I think Gerard is right also because honey has got... Um, uh, uh, um, a healing protective effect on the mucoside does but uh, the, uh, mind you these are all for mild and occasional reflux mm -hmm. these are home remedies for mild reflux yes uh, because honey provides a coating it has got um, um, immunoglobulins it's got a, a, it's 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 supposed to be a, a having healing powers on the on the mucosa yeah definitely honey is one of those home remedies for many things mm -hmm. uh, you can apply honey on the wounds you can apply honey on um, honey on the mucosal surfaces, which are ulcerated. So mm -hmm. definitely it has got a soothing effect and it has got a symptomatic uh, uh, relief uh, uh, when, you, when you consume honey. But they don't correct the structural problems which happen inside the gastroesophageal junction. What they do is they just give a symptomatic relief for a mild reflux. Yes, but not for mm -hmm. severe uh, refractory kind of reflux, which we uh, tend to see. Yes. What is, uh, is it pronounced a hiatal hernia? Hiatal hernia. Hiatal hernia. H-I-A-T-A-L. Yes. Um, uh, it, the, the word comes from that opening in the, in the diaphragm, which is called hiatus. Mm. Uh, so through which the esophagus goes down. Now, yes. uh, once that uh, hiatus becomes bigger, the stomach can come up through that. Mm -hmm. Oh, that's what's called a hiatal hernia. Mm. Wow. That does not sound very pleasant at all. So I've been in this situation where you're having a bout of heartburn. You actually think you're having a heart attack. How do you know it's not a heart attack and it's only heartburn? Oh, yeah, Sometimes I, I think it's probably very difficult to know the difference. Yeah, you're right. Uh, so that's one reason when a person complains of uh, an epigastric uh, uh, discomfort and uh, retrosternal discomfort, a cardiac, patient, a cardiac evaluation is the first thing we do mm -hmm. because the ticker is more important than the, than the reflux. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And so um, any sort of movement, heartburn, um, or burning feeling in the chest, that can move up the neck and throat, that's heartburn, whereas a heart attack tends to cause pain more in the arms, neck, and the jaw area, and may be accompanied with shortness of breath. 
sweating, nausea, dizziness, and extreme fatigue and anxiety. Yeah, you, you, are, you are well educated uh, uh, regarding the symptoms. Uh, but then we tend to be skeptical about mm-hmm. uh, uh, about uh, just relying on the symptoms and uh, and leaving the heart alone. If a patient has got uh, retrosternal discomfort, whether it radiates or whether it doesn't radiate, um, some retrosternal or epigastric discomfort, which uh, is induced by uh, uh, an exertion of the body, mm-hmm. that's a more cardinal symptom for us. Right. to consider that there is a cardiac underlying cardiac problem. If yeah. it is induced by, by definitely exertion of the body, suppose it is induced by eating, mm-hmm. then we can attribute that more to gastroesophageal reflux. Mm-hmm. So the associated, uh, associated uh, situation is mm-hmm. most important. Um, so uh, the, the finer aspects of radiation to the jaw, radiation to the arms, all these things are... Um, can be mimicked by gastroesophageal reflux also. So mm-hmm. we don't rely much on those symptoms. And um, I want to ask you about sort of a, another potential home remedy. So one night I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, oh man, I, I think this is heartburn. Hopefully it's not the ticker, as you say, it's not the heart. And I started Googling, you know, we're all Dr. Google these days. And so for about five minutes, I became Dr. Google. And I read somewhere that just take a teaspoon of... Um, of like apple cider vinegar. And I did do that and it went away quite miraculously. How does apple cider vinegar, which most people would associate that with being acidic, actually help with heartburn? Or was that all in my head? Uh, um, uh, <laughs> see, uh, it, it, these things are, uh, these things, taking something uh, when you have a reflux uh, uh, and, and the disappearance of the symptoms um, you have to make sure it is a reflux. I told you, these sim- uh, symptoms can be mimicked by different kinds of uh, 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 situation. Uh, for example, if you have a mild uh, 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 gastritis, um, you, if you have a mild uh, form of, uh, 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 for example, an H. pylori infection, mm-hmm. uh, these things can all mimic the same kind of gastroesophageal reflux disease-like of symptoms. So whenever uh, whenever you are consuming something, um, uh, and it's an anecdotal uh, report, uh, a person says that I consume vinegar at that time. Why vinegar is two percent acetic acid, mm-hmm. uh, and then you have acetic acid, and then you say that your symptoms have disappeared. It may not be a reflux at all. See, one of the one of the older tests, in fact, before this endoscope came and uh, before the twenty four hour pH monitoring came, what the thirty forty years back. Um, what we used to study was you infuse acid into the esophagus for a patient with a retrosternal burning and reproduce a symptom to diagnose the gastroesophageal reflux disease. Mm-hmm. So you have to reproduce that symptom by instilling acid into the esophagus. It's called burn stain test. It's a, it's a very famous test during that era. So just infuse 1% hydrochloric acid into the esophagus and then when the patient says, I've got heartburn, yes, that's it. We have reproduced the, the heartburn and it is acid-induced. So I cannot explain your mm-hmm. uh, apple vinegar if it is acidic, how the symptoms disappeared. Uh, it may not be related to reflux at all. Hmm. Well, I can tell you it seemed to have worked and it's worked since then. So maybe mm. it's psychosomatic, but uh, <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll, we'll go with it for now. Thankfully, it's not chronic. 
So, of course, one of the questions that I'm sure a lot of people are, are wondering this morning as they're listening to this program is if they have uh, GERD, is this something that is life-threatening? You know, is it going to kill them? And is it something that they really need to get in right away to have treatment for? So let's talk about the life-threatening component of uh, GERD. Yeah, uh, life-threatening component uh, in the acute situation is a wrong diagnosis where mm -hmm. we diagnose a cardiac problem as a gastroesophageal reflux. Mm -hmm. That should be number one, number one uh, problem which the patient might face. Number two, mm -hmm. uh, a chronic GRD, if it is uh, on treatment with a prolonged proton pump inhibitor, the proton pump inhibitor itself can induce a lot of uh, body changes like ranging from calcium, magnesium, iron deficiencies, B12, because they are all acid-dependent um, dependent, uh, vitamins and minerals which are needed for the body. So uh, long-term proton pump inhibitor therapy, uh, we don't recommend much. And, and the uh, kidney failure, which can sometimes be associated with it, it's all long-term, it's not the short-term. Mm -hmm. Now, then the reflux per se can induce esophageal lining changes which lead to pre-malignant changes it is called a Barrett's esophagus now when we detect a Barrett's esophagus we put these patients on surveillance these uh, patients then undergo um, an endoscopy and a biopsy every three to five years mm -hmm. and then if a pre-malignant situation is detected then we have to either remove resect or ablate it so these are uh, what you call the life-threatening situations. Sometimes a uh, huge hiatal hernia patients, they can aspirate mm -hmm. because they, when they lie down, the entire contents of the stomach can reflux back into the esophagus. And there are people who have aspirated and they, they have presented to the, the, to the triage with pneumonia or acute respiratory distress. Hmm. So reflux can... Is, is a kind of mild to sometimes a severe life-threatening problem. Mm -hmm. Wow. All right. And it's a lot more common, folks, than you might realize um, or that you might know. And in fact, one of the reasons why we're having this discussion today is that we just celebrated, Americans just had Thanksgiving. And so it is uh, GERD, GERD Awareness Week. So yes, there is such a thing. <laughs> so the more you know about um, this disease, folks, the more and quicker you can hopefully get treatment. Here's a little bit of a factoid for you. Roughly one in every five American adults actually suffer from GERD. So again, it's something that you definitely want to get treatment for. And um, right around Thanksgiving, perfect time to have it uh, awareness week, because of course we're all uh, eating a little bit extra going into the holidays for sure. So you might be looking at more serious um, health problems if you leave this uh, untreated. Everything from esophagitis, uh, Barrett's esophagus, esophageal cancer, and strictures. What What is strictures? What is that? Uh, strictures are uh, narrowing of the esophageal lumen. Mm -hmm. uh, the narrowing happens primarily because of scarring. So mm -hmm. as the esophagitis heal. And then recur, heal, recur. It tends mm -hmm. to uh, it tends to constrict the, the the lumen of the esophagus, and then food might get stuck there. And the patients right. come with uh, 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 with uh, sometimes a bolus impaction, bolus of food, especially meat, 
sometimes banana pieces sometimes potato wedges they all get stuck there because it can't pass through that small narrow area it's a scarred area actually it's a it's a it's a process of uh, uh, recurrent inflammation and scarring mhm Okay. All right, folks. Um, we're going to be going into the final bit here. Uh, let's talk a little bit. We've talked about what it is. Um, some of the diagnostic tools that are available um, include the endoscopy, which of course you'd need um, the help of Dr. Suhil, another expert at Health City to get that done. And you also have the upper GI series. So what is that exactly? The upper GI series uh, is something which... Uh, a person sometimes who is really afraid of endoscopy be this is a no, this is a what you call inferior alternative mm-hmm. uh, to diagnose a hiatal hernia so what is being done is uh, there is something called barium barium is uh, an x-ray contrast mm-hmm. so this is uh, uh, this is diluted in, in in water and the patient drinks that and then when it goes down um, through the gastroesophageal junction the patient is tilted a bit up and down and and the amount of reflux of this barium can can be seen in a, in a in a um uh, x-ray machine uh, that's called a fluoroscope so uh, this is an alternative but we don't prefer much uh, uh, because we don't tend to diagnose a barrett's esophagus there we don't tend to diagnose the esophagitis or grade it so uh, this is a kind of just to know whether there is a reflux happening is there an anatomical breakdown there mm-hmm. Very good. All right. Um, another interesting uh, bit of information in terms of who is impacted by this. I mean, it's actually quite a few people, a lot more than I ever thought. But apparently, um, millions of people around the world have uh, difficulty with uh, GERD. And if you're one of the people who are suffering from this, the message this morning that there is there really is no need for you to suffer. So, 19 million people suffer daily, 42 million weekly. So it's quite considered quite common. And um, they say 81 million people in total, about a quarter of all Americans will have had um, some sort of, you know, um, regular episode of uh, GERD. So lots of uh, commonalities there. And again, the symptoms can make you go to the doctor often. Um, over 6.3 million diagnostic tests. This is from the U.S. And of course, 3.8 million hospitalizations. So if this goes untreated for a while, um, hospitalization might actually be required. Hospitalization is required. I told you there are certain situations. One, one of them is mm-hmm. definitely aspiration and respiratory discomfort, which these people come from. Um, uh, one of the uh, common uh, common diagnoses which the pulmonologist or the ENT surgeon now entertains is gastroesophageal reflux. They look into your throat and say that you're suffering from that. the the pulmonologist uh, uh, sees the uh, sees the respiratory parameters and and the and the evolution of the disease and they say that it is because of reflux mm-hmm. so uh, many people uh, consulting the end surgeon or the pulmonologist are on 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 proton pump inhibitor acid suppression therapy mm-hmm. so they and come to the, the right yes and one of the reasons that you want to um, ensure that you're getting a proper diagnosis is because you know sometimes you're trying to self diagnose ourselves never a great idea um i jokingly talked about dr google but a lot of us now feel like we are the experts and um it's one of those things that it can be very very complex so here's a slide just demonstrating how deceptively complex 
uh, GERD can actually be. So you might have some typical symptoms, heartburn, chest pain, excessive salivation, regurgitation, gas, bloating, trouble sleeping, and sensitive to certain foods and liquids. However, there are atypical um, you know, symptoms as well, a persistent cough, a chronic sore throat, difficulty swallowing, frequent swallowing, even asthma, hoarseness, excessive throat clearing, which is something I do all the time. Hmm. <laughs> uh, bad breath, dental erosions or gum disease, and discomfort in the ears and nose. So sometimes you go to the dentist and the dentist can actually see that there's something going on that is of concern. And then they might refer you to someone, um, hopefully Dr. Sunil, who can then you know undertake additional testing to kind of narrow down the diagnosis. So folks, if you're just joining us on radio this morning or in the live stream, we are talking about um, gastrointestinal um, disease, chronic heartburn, some of us will oftentimes call it gastrointestinal reflux disease is a proper term or chronic acid reflux. So there's no need to suffer. I think that's the good news because um, a lot of us will just sit back needlessly uh, when we could be seeing an expert to get some much needed assistance with this. All right. So um, prevention, you know, a lot of people are also listening and thinking, well, what can I do to help myself? So let's talk about some of the things, Dr. Sunil, that uh, one can undertake that would be um, particularly effective with assisting? Oh, um, yeah. Now, we have got a good list of uh, uh, foods there, which uh, uh, definitely will help you. Um, the high fiber, the alkaline, the watery, yeah, non-citrus mm -hmm. fruits, vegetables. Um, but two simple things which uh, we can do is, uh, one, um, have an early dinner and go to bed uh, three to f uh, two to three hours minimum after taking your dinner. Uh, if you're in the habit of sleeping immediately after food, uh, whether you um, whether you have an anatomical breakdown or not, uh, reflux is a common thing because it's like, as I told you, like a bottle being uh, tilted. So um, it is uh, definitely uh, one of the uh, easiest things you can do is uh, that. And two, if you suffer from mild reflux at night, um, there is something called head end elevation. Head end elevation is uh, at the head end of the cot, you can put a small wooden block, which is around six inches, and create a small slant because the, the, there is a gravity-dependent uh, reflux which is happening at night. So this can be prevented by what is called the head end elevation. It's not using pillows in the head. Pillows in the head just flex your neck. But mm -hmm. then the the cot, the head end of the cot, you have to raise by putting a six-inch block under it. So this will create a small slant to uh, maybe a 15-degree slant, and that should be enough to prevent mild reflux happening at night. Mm -hmm. So head end elevation and, and uh, going to bed uh, two to three hours after uh, taking a meal, and eating light dinners, not heavy, fatty dinners. Mm -hmm. So these are these are the general uh, recommendations we provide for mild reflux patients. Um, uh, definitely, the, the kind of food you, you take uh, doesn't matter. Uh, as you call spicy food, greasy food, acidic foods, uh, fatty foods, carbonated drinks. Definitely, they are all they are all prone for reflux. Uh, the spicy food actually aggravates any heartburn you have 
the greasy food find it difficult to to get digested so it keeps mm-hmm. on refluxing uh the uh, the fatty foods and the, the carbonated drinks obviously because when you take a carbonated drinks you can see the bubble coming up into the esophagus you can you right. can e- visualize it so uh, so these are things definitely which uh, which uh, maybe if you have a reflex you should uh, try to avoid and these are possibly the small home remedies you can apply that is head and elevation and uh, and and taking a light dinner and going to better eat mm-hmm. yeah all right, folks. So um, some great advice there, trying to maintain, achieve and maintain a healthy weight. Eat small, frequent meals rather than uh, the larger, huge meals. Reduce your fatty intake. Sit upright while eating and stay upright uh, for 45 to 60 minutes afterwards. Avoid eating too close to bedtime. So give yourself at least three hours before going to bed. Try not to wear tight clothing that might be tight in the abdominal area. When sleeping, raise the head of the bed six to eight inches. You can use, um, you know, some methods to do that. It says using blocks under the pillow, under the bed, sorry, um, doesn't work. (laughs) Stop smoking. And then some foods that can trigger um, chronic acid reflux, spicy foods, fried foods, fatty foods, chocolate. What's chocolate doing on that list? Uh, Chocolate. (laughs) The cocoa and the butter. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, tomato okay. sauces, garlic and onions, alcohol, coffee, and carbonated drinks, and citrus fruits are some trigger foods as well. And, of course, if it's chronic, you guys know what to do. Call Dr. Sunil at, at Health City Cayman Islands because they're the experts, and they can properly diagnose you. I've had someone send in a very interesting question. This person says all of those symptoms are the same as scleroderma. Uh, how would you um, differentiate the difference? And this is why you need an expert because you shouldn't be trying to self-diagnose yourself, uh, especially if it's a chronic situation. Go to the experts and they will tell you if you have um, anything else that you need to be worried about. Scleroder- scleroderma versus acid reflux. Um, you know, they'll, they'll narrow it down for you. Miss Lucille? Joining us from overseas, Miss Lucy says, "Good morning, Sandy, and also doctors. I'm listening to you, and I do not, uh, I do not know what kind of reflux I will get. But for now, I don't have that problem. Well, that's very good." She says, "I know my eating pattern is disgusting. <laughs> get out of bed every hour of the night, really, and eat. I'm not a greedy person, but I pick, pick, pick around food. Doctor, please do not talk about smoking." Um, I will have to skip Tuesday program. Love you, doctor, very much. Lucille, sounds like you're a smoker to me. Um, don't get offended just for your best health. We're all trying to do better. Uh, so we all have our Achilles heel. For some, it's smoking. For some, it's stress. For some, it's the, the weight uh, control issues or dietary issues and so on. So Marshall says a lot of people suffer because they don't have the money or adequate insurance coverage to be able to get treatment. So uh, Rebecca, tell us a little bit then about how one can get in um, to see the physicians at Health City and obviously what insurance options you actually will accept at Health City. Yes, so we accept all major insurances from the Cayman Islands um, and Mm -hmm. we actually only charge the standard health fees. So there's no additional costs other than what um, the insurance will reimburse at. So that's always good. 
Um, if you need to make an appointment, you can um, either reach out by email to info at healthcity.ky or you can give us a call on 640-4040 and we'd be happy to schedule an appointment with one of our gastroenterologists. We are also, which is a little bit of a secret, about to um, launch a new app, which will be able to you able to have on your phones or on your, your computers, and you'll be able to just schedule your appointments yeah. online. Call, and you'll also be able to access your medical records as well. So it's about to go live very soon, um, and uh, you'll probably be one of the first people to uh, to hear about it, Sandy. So, wow. Um, yeah. So. The moment and yes and, and if there is any issues with sort of payments or anything else please don't let that deter you from from coming to see us um you know we do have a finance team that might be able to help you so please make mm-hmm. sure you get treated if you can we're always here and happy yes all right so that's a bit of good news i'm sure that you guys will um as the app rolls out you know have a segment on that so we can learn a little bit more about it uh, Miss Ethel, good morning to you. Gabby says, uh, what about Cayman First? Are you accepting them? She did say all major health insurance. So I think yes, they're on the we, list. Yeah, we accept them. Yeah, definitely. Okay, beautiful. So uh, Dr. Sunil, thank you so much. Um, Rebecca uh, Brooks, who is the head of marketing and sales at Health City Cayman Islands. Thanks to both of you. Uh, we enjoy these segments, extremely educational and informative. And folks, don't be shy about seeking uh, medical attention. As we always say in this program, an ounce of prevention is better than a pound of cure. So get in there early. If you're suffering, there's no need for you to suffer. There are good um, treatment uh, options available to you. The first thing and the first step is always to see Dr. Sunil and any other expert to diagnose exactly what it is that you're suffering from. And there might be something else that's going on and they can certainly look at those things and get you in, get you in a good treatment program um, and just, you know, feeling better because there's, there's nothing like anything that's chronic, whether it's chronic back pain, knee pain, or GERD, uh, you don't want to have to deal with it if there are options available. So thank you, Dr. Sunil, for joining us this morning. Thank you. Thank you, Sandy. And thank you, Rebecca. Really enjoyed the show. And yes. have a nice day, both of you. Okay. Thank you so much. And Rebecca, thank you again for joining us today as well. Have a fantastic day. Bye. Thank you for having us, and uh, yeah, have a great day, everyone. All righty. So that's um, another episode of Rundown Tuesday. So let's just have a word from um, Health City Cayman Islands. Of course, as you guys know, their location in uh, Cayman Bay is under construction. It seems to be coming along. I, I pass it almost every single day, and it seems to be coming along quite well. The construction site is booming and quite busy. For over seven years, Health City Cayman Islands has provided life-changing and life-saving medical care for the people of the Cayman Islands at our hospital in East End. During this time, we have become an integral part of the community and now focused on connectivity and collaboration. Our vision is to make an even greater impact on the quality of health care for the people of our islands. In summer 2022, we will open a 70,000 square foot state-of-the-art hospital built on three acres of land at the southern end of Kamana Bay, bringing much-needed specialized medical services closer to where people live, work, and play. Kamana Bay, located at the heart of Seven Mile Beach, is home to schools, businesses, shops, restaurants, and entertainment. And now, Health City Kamana Bay, a $100 million world-class hospital. Health City Kamana Bay will include an advanced cancer care unit, 
offering bone marrow transplantation and the latest cancer treatment technology. It will contain a modern neonatal intensive care unit, emergency and critical care, purpose-designed operating rooms for surgical specialties, such as cardiology, neurology, and orthopedics, and robotic operating systems. A master plan for improved health care for the people of the Cayman Islands. Ready to meet the needs of our patients here and now, we have already established a footprint in Kamana Bay with the opening of our clinic. Offering short wait times, extended opening hours, including evenings and weekends, and the ability to see our world-class doctors closer to where our patients live and work. The clinic has bright, comfortable waiting areas and treatment rooms, friendly staff, expert care, lab services and diagnostics. Reflecting our operating philosophy of patient-centered care, convenient access to our specialist doctors allows our patients to focus on getting better rather than getting to appointments. With our unwavering commitment to our community and the thousands of patients who trust us to care for them, we look forward to building healthier communities in a place where life unfolds, blossoms, and thrives. Welcome to Health City, Kamana Bay. It's November, and November is Gimme Story. The Cayman Islands National Cultural Foundation presents, in your district, Gimme Story, the Cayman Islands National Storytelling Festival. Six evenings of free entertainment for the entire family from November the 25th to December the 2nd. Guests arrive at 7 p.m. and show starts at 7.30 p.m. Come on out because nobody's going to be left behind. We got you covered. West Bay, East End, North Side, Bordentown, Georgetown, and even Cayman Brock. Everyone is going to enjoy a bit of Cayman's history via storytelling. This year, we have the best of Cayman's homegrown and resident storytellers that Anna know from Anna Bourne, including Rita Eskavanovich, Nasaya Sakushalet, Matt Brown, King Navasa, Giovanni Ebanks, and a host of others. For more information, visit artscayman.org or visit the Facebook page and Instagram page at Cayman Culture. Vote for the best fish fry in every district and wash it down with a little swanky. Did I mention that you get in for free? And they're starting in time, so try and hurry up. Give me a story. That's going to be a good time this year, so don't miss out. All right, folks, uh, welcome back to the program. What an absolute wonderful event. If you've not uh, been to any of the segments of Gimme Story yet, um, please check out the schedule. It's available online. Lots of folks have actually been going and they've been having an absolutely beautiful time and really, really enjoying themselves. So I'd encourage you um, to take in what is uh, a very unique Caymanian experience, storytelling on location, and uh, lots of fun, you know, activities involved in that. So good morning, good morning, good morning. We're going to move into a little bit of um, open mic segment. Um, Mark said, did she say summer 2022? Um, who's she in that commercial? Um, or which which one? So just clarify for me. How many days until Christmas, says uh, Jonathan? Less than a month, honey chow. Uh, so I can help myself with a little more GERD, with a little stew turtle, 
conch and pie ribs, sweet potato pie, Mm-mm. or sweet potato, uh, cassava, rice and beans, potato salad, bread pudding, and a little piece of cassava cake. Boy, I tell you, Jonathan Sala, his belly definitely, definitely came out in, if nothing else is. Mm-mm-mm. Some good stuff there. Um, but folks, everything in moderation. So, you know, I love food and I will never lie about the fact that I absolutely love food. I'm a foodie. Like I should have been in another life, a professional food taster or something. So some job that allows me to just go around um, eating food all the time. That would have been a perfect job for me. Why didn't I get signed up for that? Hmm. Anyway, um, that would have been a great job. But let me tell you all now, let me tell you, honey, chill. Uh, the good thing about it is you don't have to be a professional, um, you know, connoisseur of food. You can just enjoy good food here, there, and a little bit. So on Thursday, you know, it was American Thanksgiving. I think next year I need to spend Thanksgiving in the States because it's not quite the same in Cayman. In the States, it is a totally, it's a vibe. It's a thing. It's totally different. It's exciting. It's like the start of the shopping season the day after. So I think I need to convince Marlon to take, take me back to a little bit of my childhood memories surrounding all that good home cooking from Aunt Lottie. And uh, we should do Thanksgiving. Maybe his cousin, he's got family in the States. So he's got cousins in, in Florida. So maybe we do Thanksgiving with them. Kevin, Kevin, you up and listening to the show yet? Kevin was um, enjoying uh, his own Thanksgiving. He looks like he's a chef in his house. And he did a, um, oh, Kevin, I want you to come on and explain this to me. He actually did a uh, fried turkey. Now, I got to tell you that, you know, I'm kind of old fashioned and we don't, we do it the old fashioned way. Uh, You put the turkey in the oven, (laughs) right? And you bake it. But these deep fried turkeys are a thing, apparently. Although the idea of deep frying a turkey, I don't know. I've never actually had a deep fried turkey. So that's on my bucket list. To at least try it once and see what the difference is between that and a traditional, um, you know, turkey. Hmm. He posted a video of himself doing it. But I love Thanksgiving so much. I think next year I got to work around a holiday around Thanksgiving. So what I ended up doing is I went to Miss Elrita. That's the closest that we can come to genuine hoedown Proper Thanksgiving at lunch. And boy, I tell you what, mm, that was delicious. Mm. We, Of course, we had a little Caribbean flavor. Like we need rice and beans in the States. You wouldn't really, unless you're Caribbean, you wouldn't really have rice and beans with a traditional Thanksgiving dinner. But, you know, we, we put a little bit of that in. So I had me some turkey and I had a little bit of ham. And uh, that was my Thanksgiving lunch. And it was really delicious. It was good. You know, normally in the States, what we do is this would be a routine growing up, right? So, of course, I get up in the morning. Aunt Lottie's still in the kitchen cooking because she'd been cooking all night and she still continues. And she would be cooking and whatever. So I'd help set the dining room table, um, put out, you know, all the stuff, help with a little bit of cleanup in the kitchen. She she did the cooking. She didn't let anybody touch any cooking in her kitchen, honey, Joe. She did it all herself. Everything from scratch. Oh, the sweet potato pie was to die for and then we would sit down. Of course, it's also a big football day. So, you know, Americans like their football. So my cousin and my uncle, they would sit down and do nothing. 
as the men did in our household, uh, when it came to domesticated things. So they would literally just sit down and watch football. You watch the parade. Um, is the parade still on? The Macy's Day Thanksgiving parade? Was that on this year? So you watch the Thanksgiving parade, then you have a little bit of football games. And then by then, you know, it's later in the afternoon and your, your lunch stroke dinner is ready because you can only eat one meal for the day. Because believe me, when I tell you that you're going to consume all of your uh, calories in one sitting. So there's absolutely, um, you know, no reason to uh, eat dinner. But you know what the best part of Thanksgiving is for me? It is actually the leftovers. Mm, just, just let's go down memory lane a little bit here with me, right? The leftovers after Thanksgiving are always so much better. I don't know what it is about leftovers. It's like, you know, the flavoring has just seeped in a little bit more. The turkey and the stuffing just go together even more. Like everything is just better the day after. And then my aunt, who did not believe in wasting anything, would put together these ham sandwiches. It was like post-Thanksgiving ham sandwiches. So like the day after, the first couple of days, she would make these amazing to die for ham sandwiches. And it was just like, to me, they were sometimes competing with Thanksgiving dinner. They, they were just amazing. Delicious. Kevin, I'm here reminiscing about Thanksgiving. What's yes. that, my brother? I was so glad that I did my uh, diet the time I did my <laughs> diet because you know, I lost 40 pounds over the last three months. And, and yes. I got to my goal weight right at the time Thanksgiving came about. And I mm. absolutely indulged way more than I was supposed to. Oh, my God. That sounds amazing. So um, you're home for a little bit this week. Welcome home. Always so good to, to have you in the 345. Yes, it's good I to be home. I see you guys have put up Christmas trees already. Yeah, my, my mom already started putting up the trees and, and stuff. I actually put mine up before I left. I put mine up um, over in Florida back, I think it was two okay. or so days before Thanksgiving. Um, mom was there, dad was there, and, and mm -hmm. mom and I um, did some work because, you know, dad has some restrictions, so he has to take it easy for a little bit after his surgery. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, we, we are ready for Christmas because, you know, after a few sleeps, it's going to be here. Oh, yes, for sure. So Alyssa uh, says, hi, Kevin. Greetings from Finland. Thank hey. you so much. Ahsoka's in the house. And um, uh, Alyssa said, yes, the parade was on this year. So I wasn't sure what events are still on this year. So the parade, always um, an amazing time. Alisa. Alisa. Yes? Did I get it right that time? Alicia, yeah. Alisa. All right. So thank you so much for joining us all the way from Finland. Amazing. So um, yeah, tell us about... She used to live here. She uh, went to Triple C with me. Linda Appleprice oh, really? is her mom. Um, she was okay. my Spanish teacher. And then um, she, you know, Alicia went to school with, I, uh, with me, um, my sister and I. Ah, okay, mm -hmm. okay. Nice. Um, so Kevin, you got to tell me about this deep fried um thanksgiving Good. you know mm -hmm. th this is this is this is a thing obviously i'm trying to find your video to see if i can share it with people yeah um, so deep fried turkey um I, I was introduced to it um when i first moved to florida um mm -hmm. so probably about eight years or so ago and mm -hmm. 
pretty much once I've had it, I don't even like the regular old traditional way anymore. Really? It is, it, it is because what happens when you drop that turkey inside that oil, uh -huh. um, it, it forms a seal around it. And all of the stuff that you put inside it to marinate it, because you use those, you know, the injectors and, you, and you know, you, you, you'll juice up, uh, inject the, the, the good marinade inside, like the wing, inside the mm -hmm. leg, inside the breast area and all the other parts of the turkey that you consume. And, and, and I usually do it a couple of days before you, you, you deep fry it. And so once you drop it into that hot oil, it just forms a seal around it. It cooks at two to three minutes per pound. The largest bird that you could do inside a deep fryer of the, the size that I have is about 12 mm -hmm. pounds. So you're not looking at those large turkeys. But mm -hmm. because the time is so much faster, you're able to do several of them and still have you know enough turkey if you have a large group of people. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, you drop the bird inside it. It's, it forms a seal around it. Mm -hmm. And then from there... Um, all of the juices and all of the stuff is just, just, it just seasons the meat so well that when you eat it, it's so moist, it's never dry unless you really overcook it. Um, and, and it's, it's never dry and it just has so much flavor in it. And what's the secret to cooking it in this, this fryer? So there's a lot of people that burn places down, their house down, oh, if they do it right. <laughs> it can never be frozen. So in fact, I don't even buy frozen birds. Um, uh -huh. You know, my, my turkey is never was never frozen. Usually, I buy the fresh ones. Um, but if you don't have that as an option, the best thing to do is make sure one hundred percent there's no frozen parts inside it. Of course, you take out the neck, you take out all of the the, the stuff that a lot of people don't typically eat that comes uh -huh. stuffed inside um, the, the turkey. Of course, you, you you clean it real good and stuff, and and so you slowly drop it in there. So I know you you have the video. Mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to I'm trying to pull it. See if I can pull it up here. You pull it in, right? With, with that, mm -hmm. you'll see me slowly lowering it um, and letting the oil settle as I slowly get it all the way down. My mom was like, "What do you, do you have to hold it the whole entire time?" When she was watching me do it, I said, "No, I just it's just not all the way down yet, and I'm not going to just drop it in because what happens if you you drop it too quickly?" Um, you'll, mm -hmm. you'll cause that oil to overflow and, and potentially cause a large fire because it will get on the burner below and, and it will not be a good scene. Mm. Wow. So it's, it's a whole thing. It's like a technique, really. It is. I mean, I always, from the first time I had it, I was like, oh, I love this thing so much. And mm -hmm. I was always afraid to do it myself. So it was, I actually learned how to do it last Thanksgiving. Mm -hmm. I had um, a friend of mine was uh, was doing it. So he had stopped having Thanksgiving parties for quite some time. And and so once um, he started it up last year, um, he I was you know, he gave me my invite to come on over. And I was like, I would love to learn. Can I you know, can you teach me and, mm -hmm. and stuff? So uh, I went to his house early that morning because he was doing something like 30 birds because mm -hmm. he was feeding a Feast. And after Thanksgiving, he goes out and goes and gives um, does Thanksgiving meals to homeless folks. So he does a lot of birds. Wow. And so I, um, you know, got got to his house really before before sunrise, before the roosters mm -hmm. were crowing. And I was there, and and he he taught me how to do it. So I felt a lot more comfortable, and I went ahead and bought the stuff that I needed, the deep fryer and that sort of stuff for um, for turkeys. Um, Bass Pro Shop is where I bought mine from, but you could order mm -hmm. it from other places. And, and so 
for Christmas because you know we have thanks uh, we have uh, turkey for Christmas as well. Yeah. Last Christmas was the first. So th time this is th th this an actual picture of your marinated one. It is. So I did two turkeys. I did yes. one that it was without anything on the outside, which is totally fine. I was showing some pictures to one of my friends and she was like, you didn't put nothing on that thing. You crazy. That's going to be disgusting. I'm like, trust me, you don't know. Nothing needs to go on it once you inject it. But I yes. wanted to try another way as well. So I did one without anything on the outside, which was great. But I also mm -hmm. did one a lot more seasoned, which is the one you see in that picture. And mm -hmm. that one had a seasoning called Slap Your Mama um, on it, as, <laughs> as, as well as a little bit of extra Cajun seasoning and one uh -huh. a, a, and a honey, I forgot what it was, but it was, it was something with honey, um, like honey brown sugar on it. Uh -huh. so I mixed them all together and I, I seasoned it all up on the outside. I still use the same injector marinade, um, it's a Cajun injector marinade that goes inside all of the you know the, the wings the legs the breasts um and then so that one was a lot more seasoned so i had given some to my next door neighbor to say which one do you like better they did actually like the one that was a little bit more seasoned better um mm -hmm. the, the other one was still great she's had a, i mean she was back and forth for the longest time trying to i pick one but she said if she had to be forced to pick one the one that was a little bit more seasoned was the one that she went with wow and of course, that it was so the first awesome. time I ever cooked Thanksgiving for my parents. Because usually I'm the one that's catered to, you know, mom takes care of me, grandma here in Cayman takes care of me as well. And so I usually don't have to do any type of cooking and stuff for Thanksgiving. But this is the yeah. first time that Chef Kevin did 90% of it. Nice. Now I saw, I saw you working extra overtime in the kitchen. So let me uh, go ahead and show our online viewers kind of what it looks like in terms of your, um, I'm a, you know, I'm a bit skittish with the computer right now. It hasn't, I'm not going to jinx it, but it, it's been good today, but here's Kevin's, um, turkey, uh, deep fried turkey. Check this out, folks. Look at this. So he's slowly, so tell us the technique here, Kevin. I think, I think you've got to unmute yourself. Yeah, so you have to slowly lower the bird into into the boiling um, oil, more or less. Just slowly lower it all the way down. Um, because if you do it too fast, you see the oil there, it's starting to bubble and fizzle. It will do it a whole lot more if you do it too quickly. So you you have to also have that special mitten. You see that black mitten that I have on my hand as well? Yes. That one is specially made for some... Sorry, every, every time I add the video, it mutes you. Sorry, just unmute yourself. Uh -oh. I think there we Kevin, go. Yeah. Yeah. There every we go. time you play the video, it, it, it mutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, um, no, that mitten is a special type of mitten. Um, it's not your traditional one that you would usually have in your kitchen. That one actually is is, is like a leather-based one. Um, mm -hmm. that is a much higher grade where it could handle the heat a whole lot better. So mm -hmm. again, even though this, if you probably look carefully, you'll see a lot of that very, very hot oil um kind of bubbling up a little bit and splashing mm -hmm. it. I'm not feeling any of that because very, very good. It's, yeah, it's that's a good thing. Material <laughs> that firefighters would wear in a yes. fire. Yes. So it looks like, a, um, I mean, I'm just checking out the apparatus here. So it mm -hmm. looks like, uh, is it connected to a little propane um, yep. portable? 
Yep, it's yeah. connected to a portable um, propane gas canister. Tank, yeah. Um, tank, yep, and and uh, and then it's on um, another burner. You see, some people have similar setups where the burner is just like that um, without the little bracket that's around the pot. Mm -hmm. um, the ones for turkeys, the, the reason you want one that has the, the bracket around it is because your pot's going to jiggle a little bit, and you're supposed to right. have it on a very flat surface. The surface that I was using could have been a little flatter, to be honest, yes. if I was to do it a 100% safe way, but it was flat enough. I've done it there before and, and I felt comfortable enough there and I didn't have any issues. Um, but you wanna make sure that the area that you're, you're cooking it on is a, a flat level of surface. You don't wanna have turf that's kind of uneven. So you're not, because it's, once you drop the burden there, it's gonna vibrate a bit. Mm -hmm. And which is why on that burner, you see that black ring around it that helps to keep it inside there a little bit better um if that wasn't there um you could potentially have that pot tipping over and right. you really don't want that because that's a very hot oil that would be tipping over on fire um right below and, and that would significantly cause issues so again mm -hmm. th there's also a, what you can't see in the picture on 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 it a timer that's only good for about 10 minutes. So every 10 minutes, I have to keep on turning it or it's automatically going to shut off the, mm. the fire. And, and how um, long then um, do, does it stay in? Okay, so it's two to three pounds, sorry, two to three minutes per pound. So okay. one of my birds was 26 minutes, one was gonna be 28 minutes based on the weight of the bird. So when, when I'm seasoning okay. it and stuff, I have to make sure that I keep them separated to know which one is which. Yeah. So I kind of write down on on the tray that I have it in, and make sure that I know which one is which one is going to be in for what amount of time. Hmm. Um, and, and, and then, again, did you use the same oil, or do you have to throw that oil out? Same for oil. The in fact, oil. that's the same oil that I used last year. You could oh, use wow. it. So after it cools and stuff, is a mm -hmm. uh, from Sam's Club. You know, you could get this large thing of is peanut oil as well that you use. Mm -hmm. And so the oil can be used multiple times. They say until it turns dark. I'm only going to use it for two years after I do my next deep fried turkey for Thanksgiving for for Christmas. Mm -hmm. After I'm actually going to go ahead and get rid of that and refresh, get mm -hmm. fresh oil, just because I, I I'm just a little weird with it. Um, yeah. But some people they, they do it until the oil looks dirty. Um, and so. My oil still looks nice and clean, but just personally, and oil's not necessarily cheap either. I mean, for that size, of course, it can come out and be a lot more expensive. But um, from Sam's, I think the the big um, thing of oil that I get is, I want to say it's like $40 or so. Mm. Um, so, you know, you're, you're paying quite a bit for mm -hmm, oil, so mm -hmm. you don't want to just one and done it. You want to be able to stretch that out a little bit more to get better value for, for mm -hmm. your investment. Absolutely. Nothing's cheap anymore. Um, so, of course, uh, we've got people listening to the program. Someone has just sent in what they did for Thanksgiving. So check this out. Um, I'm going to pull up their picture here. And then when Kevin was talking about things not being cheap anymore, I'm going to show you another uh, photo here in a second. But this person did, um, let me just tell you their description. So that's brisket mm -hmm. along with their smoked turkey. So they did theirs on the grill. So that's yes. nice. There's, there's a, quite a few people that have done smoked turkey. But the same friend that taught me how to deep fry, he also had mm -hmm. a smoker and he smoked some of those turkeys. So not every one of them were deep fried uh, for the amount that he was doing. He did some that was smoked. That too, it tastes good, but nothing like a deep fried turkey, in my opinion. <laughs> the deep fried one is just, 
it's just so moist and so nice. I want to I want to try it. Um, so I'm thinking next year around Thanksgiving, I might actually do a trip to the state. So put me on your invite list, and um, you know, I saw oh, yeah. you doing some other sides and stuff like that. So I'll contribute. Put me down for the mac and cheese. I'll do the bread rolls, and uh, what else? Maybe one or two desserts. Yes, sounds my famous like custard top, but not custard top dessert. Um, yeah, speaking of. Mm -hmm. I was telling my parents because I, I'm actually thinking about sending down a, a one of the um, things that you need, the, 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 um, the yeah. pot and all that sort of stuff, to have one here as well. So okay. if I'm ever here and it's one of those holiday seasons, oh, actually you yes. can be turkey at any time as well. I too. know, it right? Have to be limited I'm, I'm to all about that life. I'm about Thanksgiving food any time of the year, really. <laughs> mm -hmm. Exactly. So, But I yeah. just wanted to have one of those burners and stuff down here. So should I be here? At least I have the opportunity. Because again, I don't necessarily eat the old traditional stuff anymore. Uh, it's just once once you've had it, the way there's that no, you know, there's no going back. It's, it's just like I don't enjoy it no more. That it's wow. just not for me anymore. Hmm. Now talk about the price of turkeys. Check this out. This is our friend Paul in uh, Bermuda sent us this price. Bell and Evans, the excellent turkey, organic young turkey, a hundred and eighty-eight dollars and thirty-five cents. That's U.S. dollars, by the way, for a turkey. $188, folks, and 34 cents. I could not believe my eyes. Um, did you see any crazy pricing quite like this, Kevin? I did not. Um, like the turkey that I buy because it's not the frozen one is a little bit more. But for my um, – the, the one, uh, let me see. I, I could tell you exactly how much I paid for it, actually. But it was, it was certainly nowhere near that amount. Mm. Um, that's crazy. Yeah, I, and I didn't see any real price. Uh, I, I will say it was more expensive than last year, but mm -hmm. it was not like you know it didn't break the piggy bank because I, yeah. you know, yeah, adjusted my my own personal budget for the inflation that we have. Everything costs a lot more right now, but it's just not, it wasn't that crazy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so one one of my birds was eleven point two nine pounds, and I paid thirty dollars and thirty seven cents for that one. So that was at $2.69 a pound. And then my other bird was at 10.76 pounds. Um, mm -hmm. Again, at that $2.69 a pound. I, so I paid $28.94 for that bird. So it looks like the price on this turkey is $11 and maybe 38 cents a pound. So this is a pretty expensive, I'm sure because it's so-called organic as well. You always pay extra just because they're even using that name. Yeah. But yes, uh, folks, pricing is a little bit more uh, food inflation is hitting all of us um, across the board. So, um, Kev, it's so good to have you back home for a couple of days. Yes. Um, you going to hang out with me a little bit here in the show? Uh, yeah, I can hang out. Hang out. What, 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 what we're going to talk about next? Well, I want to talk about. Um, well, let me have a mommy moment first because while I was looking at some of my, um, you know, Facebook has these memories, and they always remind you of where you were on a particular date. So a bunch of Gianna's pictures came up from when she was a baby uh, back in 2016. She's born in August of 2016. So check this out. Um, this was her first um, Halloween outfit, her little pumpkin outfit. So uh, this would have been probably the end of October of 2016. Uh, this was a little mommy and uh, daughter date that we had where we actually went and had uh, some fun times together. So uh, we were flying solo that day. So the caption of that one said, um, let me just see if I can find the caption on that one. 
Da, 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 da. What did I say that? Oh, yes. I said best lunch date ever. Just Gigi and I enjoying our afternoon together. We're actually having a great conversation. Um, then we've got some Christmas outfits. All right. So here we go. There's her first little Santa outfit. Hanging out with dad. Mm-hmm. This was another one of her just snoozing. Oh, so adorable. Oh my gosh, babies are the cutest little things. And um, this was us going to the Christmas tree lighting. So she went to her first Christmas tree lighting event at Caymana Bay. And there's the reindeer. And these were some other babies who were there that year. In fact, the little one in the middle, Max, he was in the NICU at the same time as Gianna. So uh, we were all... Uh, unintentionally, we just happened to have met up at this event. So that's Mark and his little baby boy there. And then there seems to have been mostly girls in the NICU. So Max was one of the few boys that was actually born and in the NICU at the time. I think we have an overpopulation of little girls for some reason. But yep, there's another one. One of my favorite Christmas outfits ever. It says, all mommy wants is a silent night. And trust me, <laughs> a good night sleep back in those days was definitely hard to come by. So um, thanks for indulging me there. Uh, Jonathan says that that turkey looks awesome. Sounds like Gerd galore. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and things, when I first heard about deep fried turkeys, I thought, oh my goodness, that's going to be an oily thing. There's no oil on it. I mean, it just forms a seal. And when you take it out, there's absolutely no oil on it. Um, so it's, it is so not oily at all. Nice. Ervalyn says she'd love to try uh, deep fried turkey. I say try it at least once. You can't go wrong. Mm -hmm. um, Sandy, it looks like at some point in time we're going to have a make a special trip. We're going to go to some beach somewhere and we're going to have a little CMR get together. We're going to oh deep fry some turkey and other good it. old Cayman food. I love it. I love it. I love it. Jonathan says then prices will soon come to Cayman. Yeah, Jonathan, it's it's impacting people all over. Um, Lucille says, Sandy, you don't go try what Kevin is doing. You see that hot oil, how it's boiling because you look like you have two left hands. <laughs> oh my God, no, you did not just shade me like that. Um, no, I, I can, in the kitchen, I'm, I'm handy. Uh, yeah, Stephanie does a good job. <laughs> Stephanie, um, good morning to you. But yes, I would definitely concede to Kevin doing it since he is uh the expert wanda says deep fried turkey is very popular in canada uh on the east coast and it is delicious well i'm all i'm all about it i'm, I'm up for it kevin so you let me know when you can get one of those fryers here and when we can actually try it does anybody in cayman sell these fryers i don't think i've ever seen one i you know i've never seen one here it's certainly something that i was introduced to over in florida um and, and georgia i mean the east coast of florida as well too so uh, you know she just said east coast of canada it seems to be like an east coast Maybe it's an uh, east type coast of thing. thing yeah but um absolutely no i um i haven't seen one here i'd I'll definitely invest in one for to send down here mm -hmm. um i'll have to ship it because it's it's in a pretty good sized box and um, definitely do do something on one of these next visits. We'll we'll let everyone know where we're going to be at, and we're going to mm -hmm. get some. Well, I guess the, what would be the hardest thing is to ensure we have birds here around that time. We're going to mm -hmm. need to make sure that we have turkeys and 
ideally the fresh ones. Again, I've never ever tried a frozen one. I don't really have any plans on trying it because I just feel that I'll be a riskier of making sure that that's completely, completely thawed. Um, but maybe we have to talk to Fosters and see if we can get a special shipment in that day. Definitely. Yep, let's do it. Let's do it. And of course, you know, add a low Cayman angle to it. Like you said, nothing like a little um, beach, uh, you know, kind of maybe mimic or, or um, our, when did we go camping? Easter camping. So we'll Easter do camping. it outside and stuff like that. Yes, absolutely. All right, good stuff. So Kevin, um, there is a uh, event that's coming up this weekend. That's a huge event here in the Cayman Islands. And of course, I want to ensure that everyone comes out and has a safe and wonderful time. The air show is back. Do you remember the air show when you were growing up as a kid? I really do. And I don't know if you knew or remember, but I used to be a big aviation uh, enthusiast. I used to absolutely, I wanted to be a pilot when I was growing up. And mm -hmm. I used to love, love, love the air shows. So I did really miss it when, when it went away. Unfortunately, I'm leaving the day before the air show to go back up. Um, to, mm -hmm. to Tampa, um, but no, I, I'm very excited to know that it's coming back and then um, it's going to be a good time for a lot of folks. The, the, the lineup looks pretty awesome. Nice. So we've got a, a person listening to the program. They said, I've been deep frying turkeys for 15 plus years here. Uh, Al Thompson's and Kashila sells the fryers. After thawing the turkey for a few days, I inject it with sauces, seasoning and marinade and put it in the fridge for two days before frying. It is delicious. Yeah, I think that we, um, I don't know if we get non-frozen turkeys here. They probably have to freeze them for us to get them here. But um, yeah, mm. that sounds like, oh, wow. And I'm wondering um, to that person why I didn't get an invite for Thanksgiving. <laughs> All right, I see you. Uh, Lucille, thank you very much. Um, she says the baby's very pretty and beautiful. We appreciate it. So, yeah, I didn't know that you were into um, uh, aviation like that, Kevin, but I think a lot of mm -hmm. uh, kids, you have these dreams, and one of the things for little boys in particular, and mm -hmm. little girls too, I'm sure, is they want to be a pilot or they want to do things related to planes. When I was at Triple C, um, we actually had, uh, I had actually started an aviation club. John Gray had one, and then I started the one at Triple C, and we actually went on, on field trips we overseas for about a week. Um, went to Amby Riddle Aeronautical University over oh, in Daytona nice. Beach, Florida. We went to Fantasy of Flight over in Polk County in Polk City. Um, and, and so we uh, we, did, we did a couple other mu aviation museums um, on our trip. So pretty much throughout the year, we would do fundraisers to raise funds for the trip. So we didn't have to, you know, bother our parents with the money. <laughs> and, and then we, we did these, these, uh, these trips. Um, and we had a lot of boys and girls um, in, our, in our club. Um, we would hang out at the airport on weekends and, you know, when came in, it, when, when, so at the airport, we had the nice little area where we could watch the planes come in and land um, before they took that away for when it was redeveloped. We used to go out there and hang out and mm -hmm. watch planes come in. Um, it was good times. I, I used to love, love aviation. Um, what actually had changed my mind um, was after 9-11, one of my closest friends' father was a pilot. And um, on Cayman Airways, and he actually happened to be one of the foreign pilots. And at that time, they actually laid off all of the non-Caymanian pilots. And he was one of them that was cut. Mm. And um, he was letting me know at the time, listen, 
um, you know, aviation is fun. I'm not telling you not to do it. Just always have a backup plan. Mm -hmm. And so um, I didn't think much of it at that time because, I mean, that aviation industry took a big hit after 9-11. Um, and mm -hmm. I eventually kind of merged a little bit into law enforcement before going off to um, university. And then that's when I fell in into communication and um, started to come back, worked at Radio Cayman, then I came on 27, and, you know, the rest is history. Hmm. Very good. All right. Um, so, yeah, folks, the air show is this weekend. Um, they're starting with Cayman Brack. I mean, it's, it's slated to be an absolutely fabulous time. So make sure that you get all your arrangements and everything in place to uh, be ready for this event. Um, we'll have some I'll tell people, especially with pet owners, Sandy, that mm -hmm. they need to also um, be aware that pets might not like all the extra air noise. Mm -hmm. So they might want to, um, you know, keep watching their pets, so maybe bring them in just in case, because, you know, mm -hmm. it's nice to see, but they also, it's nice like fireworks. It's a little unusual for them to hear these, these new things mm -hmm. flying around in, in a, a lot more frequent times so make sure they they um kind of keep an eye out on their pets mm -hmm. all right here's a little announcement um as it relates to the brack air show Cayman Brack, your ETA for the air show is Sunday, December 4th at 12.30 p.m. Prepare yourselves for an unforgettable experience. After more than 20 years, the air show is back in the Brack. Enjoy an aircraft exhibition where you can see the planes and meet the aviators at the airport. Then watch a thrilling air display as world-class pilots put on a stunning show. Free parking will be available at the airport. For full details and event lineup, visit caymanairshow.com. The Cayman Islands Air Show, landing in Cayman Brack. Sunday, December 4th from 12.30 to 2 p.m. Cayman Brack, your ETA for the air show. So, is um, again, folks, uh, that's coming up for this Sunday. Um, you know, Kevin makes a good point. Even children, uh, listen, if, if they haven't seen over 20 years, Kim Brack hasn't had an air show, which I think this is amazing that it's actually going to be happening this weekend for them. But um, again, Sunday, December 4th, if they haven't ever been to an air show, kind of try to prepare them a little bit for what to expect. Um, you know, it's going to be a great time. Uh, what's what's the best place you think to to probably kind of view the, the show? I mean, obviously here on the beach, um, the yeah, Brack so show. Ranking Man, Seven Mile Beach area in the Brack, yeah. it looks like most of the events are going to be taking place at the airport area. Right. So I was actually thinking, um, where is it going to really happen on the Brack? Because it's a little, the, the landscape mm -hmm. is a little different there. I know there are a few spots, so yeah. it's going to be a little bit more difficult, I think, to get a great show because it's not like they have like a Seven Mile Beach on the Brack. Um, and so not sure how it's going to fully work. It'll be interesting to see how they play it out because, I mean, mm -hmm. The whole island cannot go just to the airport um, other than maybe doing the, the tours and walking around on, on to, to watch the, like, I forget what they call it. So to tour the aircrafts while they're the exhibition is what they mm -hmm. call that. Um, but in terms of the air show itself, I mean, it's, it's not a large landscape like how we have Seven Mile Beach here on Grand Cayman. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, hmm. All right. Well, it's sure to be um, a lot of fun, folks. So get the entire family ready and, um, you know, make, make it a thing with the kids. And I've been to a couple air shows. Um, there's the what's the Air Force Base called in Florida again? The one downtown um, past like Hyde Park. 
is it Mac Macfield? McDill Air Force McDill. Base. Yeah. McDill Air Force Base Macfield. <laughs> yeah, that, you know, I've been in Cayman for a minute now. A total random thing about McDill, uh, something that a lot of people might not know, but you know, the war in Iraq and Afghanistan, every single operation from there actually originated from McDill Air Force Base over there in Tampa. Um, that was where the central command hub was. And so mm -hmm. anything that was, you know, planned, it was planned from a general or someone that was stationed there. A lot of the air missions began there and, mm -hmm. and stuff. So, yeah, it was definitely one of those um, very significant historic um, Air Force bases that was utilized in that war. Wow. Very, very interesting. All right. So, um, folks, again, you know, go out and participate. We're putting up some advisories on the uh, on the website for those of you who are intending to go, uh, including some traffic advisories. Obviously, there have to be some airspace uh, that will be closed. Um, if you have things like drones, this isn't the time to be out there trying to fly a drone while the planes are up uh, in the sky. So be sensible. Also for boating. Boating. Um, there's some boating restrictions yes. too. Um, the Coast Guard commander, um, yeah. Commander of Scotland, sent out a notice for all mariners in that area. There's an area that you're not supposed to be in um, during the air show as well, too. So anyone that's mm -hmm. planning to go out at sea um, in their vessels, there's, there's some areas that they need to be aware about to stay away from um, for, for most, multiple reasons. Security, safety. Um, yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Very good. And we've got uh, special greetings this morning. Special birthday greetings in the house. Uh, whose birthday is it? None other than Lavana, Cayman Airways uh, customer service agent, reservationist. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Happy birthday, young lady. Let me see if Happy I can find birthday. a little birthday song. Um, it is her birthday today and uh, she's feeling good. So wish her a happy birthday. I think she might have the day off, but I'm not even 100% sure. Uh, but make sure that you uh, wish her happy birthday should you see her today. So that's her beautiful, beautiful Caymanian girl, honey chill. Happy birthday. All right. Nice. Um, so we'll post her up on our social media pages as well. Wishing her um, again an absolutely gorgeous and beautiful birthday today. So, um, Kevin, we also have an update. We were talking about, I think it was on Friday of last week, maybe, about these marriages of convenience. We're actually going to put a story up on the website. Mm -hmm. But um, listen, uh, CBC works, the Cayman Islands government, they have a concern about the increase. They say there's definitely been an increase in these. And so they're actually putting some things in place to address these marriages of convenience. So we'll put up the story, but essentially they're asking for marriage officers to start filling out a form and looking at certain things and asking certain questions of the parties that are getting married in hopes that they can try to curtail it. Now they can't ask every question under the sun. So there might still be some that are slipping through the cracks, but um, Kevin, when you hear about these marriages of convenience, do you have any thoughts on that particular topic? I certainly know it's something that happens a whole lot here. Um, that's mm -hmm. that's for sure. I've, I've known people actually that have been involved in, in such setups, and um, yeah, it, it's certainly a problem that needs to to be addressed. Um, but again, I know Kenneth was coming trying to come on another time to to talk, you know, share some of his views and 
-hmm. It is difficult, but it's not impossible to try to weed some out. We're never mm -hmm. going to be perfect. Uh, we, we're not asking for perfection, but we definitely need some some stricter um, guidances mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and policies in place in order to to discourage it. And, and mm -hmm. um, also some some hefty fines to go along for those who, um, you know, partake in it because it does damage the future of the Cayman Islands, um, mm -hmm. you know, when, when you have these type of setups. Absolutely. I couldn't I couldn't agree more. And I know we had a very um, at sometimes lighthearted discussion when we talked about it, but it's a very serious matter. And at the end of the day, it's a type of thing that has um, some serious implications, social implications, economic mm -hmm. and financial implications, um, even crime wise for things that are going on in this country. Because my take on it is this. If someone has to circumvent the existing rules uh, and regulations and laws that are in place, there's normally a reason why they feel it's necessary to do that. Because there are ways that you can contribute to this community and you can be here as a lawful individual, lawfully enter, you know, working lawfully and all these other things. So if you find that someone has to pay you to stay in this country, you as a Caymanian who's being approached for such a deal should really um, question yourself as to why that's even the case. And I know for some individuals, they're just looking at the money uh, that mm -hmm. they might be getting and they're not focusing on anything else. It even leads to, for the people who are participating in it, it leads to some human rights violations potentially as well, um, except it's the individual who's violating your rights, not the government. So someone was telling me last week uh, after that show that there was a guy here, a Jamaican fellow, who entered into an arrangement with a Caymanian woman where he was paying her $500 a week for mm -hmm. um, this arranged situation. And, you know, if he was late paying it, she was, she was getting upset. She wanted her money and she was kind of like strong arming him into paying her and threatening him and all sorts of stuff. And after a while he realized that it was just too much stress. He'd be better off just finding a legitimate situation where he could just get a work permit and deal with that mm -hmm. instead of the stress of this woman and her boyfriend constantly showing up on his door, demanding payments and asking, where is their money? Mm -hmm. Well, yeah. my dad and I, ironically, was just talking yesterday about uh, someone that we know that mm -hmm. was, you know, is involved in, in something like that, in a marriage of convenience, had a mm -hmm. baby with the, the lady, lady left him, he is now ill and mm -hmm. can't take care of himself. And the moment mm -hmm. he started to, to really um, maybe need a little bit of assistance, has no one. So, mm. um, wow. I guess, yeah. That's not Karma good at all. came back, unfortunately, in, in a not so good way for him. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it, it, it's quite sad. And I mean, there's so many different versions, different stories yeah. that, that can be told about these type of setups. But um, ultimately, just do it the right way. Yep. And it's especially sad um, when children are then injected into the situation you know, when they're born out of these arrangements and so on, um, you know, it's just, uh, it's less likely that the parties are, are going to stick around, even though there are children involved, which is incredibly sad. Mm -hmm. Really, really sad. All right. So after yesterday's program, uh, you guys know that we called this gentleman, uh, Mr. Hugo. Uh, what's Hugo's last name again? Hugo... Uh, I remember Mr. Hugo's last name here. Uh, Brown. Yes, he is a school teacher apparently at John Gray is what I've been told. And um, he did call during the program and claim that he's going to hire a lawyer to, I don't know, 
give me a courtesy phone call. I'm not sure exactly what the lawyer would be doing. But anyway, you know, he um, sold a lemon, literally, to a lady who within 24 hours, the first time she was driving the vehicle, after putting down an initial deposit of $2,000, she still was supposed to pay more. Imagine how pissed off she would have really been then. But the vehicle just stopped working. And for the last five months, she's been getting around the runaround for Mr. Hugo about this. Now, one of the astute listeners, Oh, sorry. It looks like I've removed myself. There we go. You guys are really on top of it, folks. Uh, one of you asked the question, and I hadn't even thought of this, right? Uh, you said, well, who owns the vehicle? And I thought, well, surely it's Mr. Hugo, isn't it? But as it turns out, it isn't. Huh. I was like, whoa. So check this out. Apparently, the owner of the vehicle, said vehicle, is somebody named Vincent Orlando Hall. So I have no clue who Vincent Orlando Hall is. But what I will say is that apparently this is who the vehicle is registered to. So it's no wonder that he's asking her for the original registration paperwork, because I feel like there's a bit more going on here than actually meets the eye. Mm-mm-mm. So I don't know what the full story is, folks, but what I can tell you is that apparently, um, shall Mr. Brown, Hugo Brown, does not even own this vehicle. So there's some kind of bangarang or bamboozling or something that's going on here. But Mr. Vincent Orlando Hall, if you are on the on this island still, perhaps you could give us a call and explain what the situation is. Now, part of what I've been able to ascertain, I think this might be a little bit of what's going on here. Apparently, Mr. Hugo, and these are, you know, I'm putting my two and two together and getting four. Uh, he seems to be running some sort of a business where he is selling and buying cars and reselling them. So perhaps he obtained the permission or whatever from Vincent Hall to sell the vehicle. And then he takes a cut of, out of it because he's running a side hustle. He's running a side business. Now, the most interesting part about this is I have to question whether or not he has permission as a civil servant, hear me out now, to run said business. And maybe that is really where his concerns lie when we start to ask questions is he doesn't want his employer, a.k.a. the Cayman Islands government, to know that he is out there um, running a side hustle. Because, you know, that's that's not entirely um, legal within the remits of your work permit. Uh, although it's a contract, it's, government doesn't have to take out work permits, but you guys know what I mean. He has a contract with government and he's not supposed to be here running a side hustle without their knowledge and explicit permission. So it appears that that is what is going on. So at one point he was having a conversation with her and he said... Um, something about my plans are sidetracked now have six cars to sell plus this curveball with jamaica i don't know exactly what the curveball was but um you know he said that there is going to be it's not a stop of the project it's just a slight delay so he's got it appears to me a number of side hustles um going on that again, you know, probably haven't been authorized by the proper officials. Mm -mm. 
someone said that there are three um, Vincent Halls on Facebook. And so I don't know which one it is. Um, one I have 15 mutual friends with. I bet you that might be him. Let's see who the other two are. Um, and we have another one. Seven mutual friends. Oh, maybe it's the same person creating multiple accounts. Sometimes people do that, like they can't get into an account. And then five mutual friends. All right, let's have a look at Mr. Vincent Hall here. This one, he's wearing a suit. Let's see if we can put on our detective skills to see which one is which. Um, uh -huh. hmm. Let me see here now if we can identify if he is the same person. Mr. Vincent. Hmm. Um, he kind of looks like he might be a school teacher. He seems to be around kids a lot. Um, so he very well could be some sort of a coach or school teacher. It says Vincent G. Hall. And on the registration paperwork, let me just look at it again. It is Vincent Orlando Hall. So I think maybe we can eliminate this one, Vincent G. Hall. Uh, doesn't seem like he's the one. Although he's in Cayman too. I see Cayman license plate number on a vehicle here. Um, hmm. Yep, in front of government building with some cadets. And that uh, looks like some young children there. Um, let me see now. Anyway, Mr. Vincent Hall, perhaps you can assist with a resolution of this matter to see what's, what's really going on here. So this Vincent is from Jamaica, went to Harrison Memorial High, it says here, which is a seven-day Adventist school, according to this. Mm -hmm. Born in 1958. Oh, okay, we have a birth date. So let me just look at the document now to see. Does your DMV information give any birth date information? Mm. I don't think so. Um, and then there's this other Vincent Hall who, let me see now. Um, this Vincent Hall, 1977, he's a bit younger. Mm-hmm. Okay. Still snooping. And uh, he's a bit younger. So I don't know which Vincent Hall it could be. They seem like they're all actually different people based on at least two of two of the accounts are different. Um, hmm. Interesting. All right. Well, we'll keep we'll keep looking into it, folks. And if you have anything that might assist, this woman really just wants her money back. She says that her husband is sick. Um, you know, he suffers from bipolarism. She needs to get back to the Philippines and she'd really like to have her money back before leaving. So um, Mr. Brown, we're asking you to simply just do the right thing. It can't be that difficult, I suspect, to do the right thing. But for some people, it does appear to be challenging. So we'll, we'll keep pressing Mr. Hugo to get that sorted out. 
Uh, let's see your thoughts. Stacy says, scammer teacher. Sandra says, yep, about time. Uh, this will all end up at, uh, they will all end up at NAU burdening the government. This is in relation to um, the marriages of convenience. Um, it is, Lucille says, it is too, can, can late now say no more. It is too, oh, I think I'm missing something there. Uh, Damien says, what about PR? These marriages also combine points of property uh, ownership. They separate a divorce and the coup years later. Well, they don't have later. to go through the traditional PR. That's the whole point of a marriage of convenience is they, 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 they don't have to go through the regular PR application steps at all. It's conferred almost by right because you're married to Caymanian. So that's why for many, it is a very lucrative position because right away you're able to work without a work permit and um, you're on your way to getting status, you know, in a number of years. Mm -hmm. Jonathan says expected phone call from Mr. Hugo any minute now. Mm -hmm. What a hot mess is right, CE Banks. Mm -mm. Marshall says, will the real Vincent Hall please stand up? <laughs> We would love to hear from you, Senor Vincent, um, to see what, what's the real deal with this vehicle. So, um, yes. Mm -mm -mm. What a bangerang, I tell you. I kind of think that maybe it's this one. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to look into this a little bit more. Uh, but two of them definitely look like they are um, related to schools. So maybe. So yes, Vincent Hall, if you hear us looking for you, we're just trying to get to the bottom of this. It appears that the vehicle is actually registered in your name. It's not even a vehicle that's in Mr. Hugo's name. So who has given him authorization to sign the vehicle? Uh, only God knows. But um, something, you know, doesn't quite add up. So someone says Cayman doesn't have a lemon law. Also for used cars, unless it says otherwise, it's caveat mTOR, which means buyer beware. But here's the thing. There is a caveat to the caveat mTOR. If the person says to you that it is in good running condition and they actually make those assertions to you, you should be able to rely on that. Um, so it's not a situation where the person didn't say anything to you and they were silent and then it was just your responsibility as uh, the legal eagle there says to buyer beware, if they say to you, the car is running, you're not buying this car for parts, you're buying it to be able to get around, and they tell you that it's working fine, they've just serviced it, they will only work on the air conditioning, then that is a very different situation. And that is it's, tantamount to a fraud, to be quite frank and honest. So is that one says, of the things or services restore offers? I'm not quite sure. I'm sorry, say that again. Is, is that one of the, the services that Restore can help with um, for lemon type vehicles? Uh, or is that no, recover. Uh, mm -hmm. No. So they're more like um, if you're in an accident more and you've got personal injury that they don't yes. take on some of the other nuances. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So this woman has a two and a 10 year old. And she's really asking Mr. Hugo to try to do the right thing by her. So it looks like at some point, um, this man, uh, Vincent Orlando Hall, by the way, he lives in Baden town. So if anybody knows which one of the Vincents he is, no phone numbers on the logbook, 
what we do have an address at some point off of Nathan Marin Drive. He signed it and gave the documentation, I guess, to Mr. Hugo. Now, the interesting thing about this, this is a bit interesting. It does say that the plates, it says suspended in August the 21st, 2020. Both plates with owner. Hmm. So it seems like this um, Volkswagen, it's called a new Beetle, was taking off of the roads in August of 2020. You see, these are things that, again, you've got to be, you do have to be very, very careful and you've got to read the fine print, folks. My question would have been, why was it suspended in August of 2020? What was going on then? Mm-hmm. So uh, lots of questions. It was actually registered in Breakers as well. They went to that location to do this, uh, this registration. So Mr. Hugo, step up, be a man. You know, you're setting a really poor example for the students who are largely came in and I'm sure they've seen this and they're wondering, um, you know, how this is going down and what, what's really happening here. So, um, yeah. But I mean, they do have a duplicate certificate of registration that was obtained. Um, hmm. And it says next inspection, March of 2021. License expires April of 2020. Mm. The entire thing just gets more and more, um, more and more con con convoluted, if you will. Um, well, what did Jonathan say the dog threw up? What dog? It was, it was my mom's dog came, but she not feeling well, the little doggy. Oh. So. Yeah, Jonathan. Yeah, I, Jonathan, you up and up in the man business like that, checking out what's <laughs> going on with the dog. I totally missed it. Um, so Miss Lucy says, Sandy, the marriage it's too too can late now. They have the young boys in West Bay because it is all them definitely well deaf and blind. One's love there. I had one of the blind one, but he is suffering for it now. He sold not losing to me. I'm not quite sure I get all that, Miss Lucille, but um, normally these situations are arranged situations where both parties are very much aware that there's no love between them. There might be a difference between someone using you um, versus a marriage of convenience, which is where both parties have set up a beneficial, a mutually beneficial situation. On the one hand, someone is getting compensated normally with money, um, and the other person is just getting compensated by way of being able to reside in the Cayman Islands, work without having to worry about a work permit. And eventually, you know, if they're here long enough under that condition, they will acquire a residency, uh, which they pretty much get right away. And then eventually status and BOTC and everything as well. So it's something that we've got to be, um, we've got to be very, very cognizant of. And I can't blame the authorities, quite frankly, for wanting to crack down on this. Now, I saw a comment from a Mr. Vanderbilt in the section here. And I don't know why people are still commenting on this kind of thing. His uh, comment was, oh, you know, um, oh, this is like tabloid. Why do we have to know that this man owes people money? I want to try to make it as uh, clear as possible. I've said this before, but I suppose it's worth repeating. If you see something on CMR or for any matter, any news platform that you do not like, continue to scroll. There's no need for you to even comment. Uh, quite frankly, 
very few people care <laughs> if the truth be known, right? Um, if you don't like it, you know, I see things every single day that I don't care for in the world of news, whether it's tabloid news, celebrity news, weather news, regular news, sus, mix up, bang, bang, whatever. You have that ability on the mouse. Let me, let me show you all something here. See that little mouse button right there? You just keep scrolling, just pull it down and keep scrolling. Scroll past what you think offends your senses, your sensibilities, and just ignore it. It's an art form, folks. Don't take on something. Your comment is neither here nor there. The bottom line is, regardless of what you think about these situations, we have had amazing success uh, getting people to do the right thing, including paying money back when they know that they've owed it um, under such circumstances. So maybe you don't care because nobody owes you money um, and whatever, and you don't require those services because the person's like, oh, this is like a debt collection service. Um, listen, people are hurting at financially tough times right now. And it is quite unfortunate that people are still out there taking advantage of poor people. You know, she scraped her little money together to get uh, the funds for a vehicle. And then this happens to her. And the man, the bottom line is he has promised to pay the money back. I think a lot of people are missing that point. Uh, even when they talk about, well, it's a lemon. What can she do? Blah, blah, blah. He uh, admitted that he should have not sold her this vehicle under the circumstances. And he was happy to give her money back. The only problem is he seems to be taking his sweet time. And he's claiming that, oh, whenever he sells the vehicle is when he'll get around to refunding her money. Where did the money go? That's the real question. Who has the money? Does Mr. Vincent have the money? Because maybe the initial money he gave to him and then his cut was going to come out of the balance of $1,800 or whatever that was owed on the vehicle. I don't know, but you know, you were brokering the deal. So ultimately you gave your word that you would be returning it. And so therefore, Mr. Hugo, you're the one who's on the hook because nobody seems to even know who Mr. Vincent is. So there you go. Um, and when you get into these side hustles, you've got to make sure that you understand the legal obligations of this sort of thing as well. And quite frankly, I think this woman needs to consider um, taking you to court if you're going to refuse to pay. Pretty easy to do. Kevin, any thoughts on that one? Uh, one of the things I was just thinking of is, you know, you need to get one, you need to get one of these vertical but... mouse. Is that what you were really thinking? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I was, I was, I was thinking on the comment that you made. You know, people are saying that you know you could say keep on scrolling, keep on scrolling. But it's funny that some people that said, "Oh, I've never watched CMR, this, that, and the other." At uh -huh. the same time, those same people that said, "Hey, Kevin, tell Sandy this," or "Did you know about this? Can you put that on CMR?" It's like, I thought you don't watch CMR. Uh huh. Oh my goodness, I tell you. Um, so let me just see. This person says there will be a few different road closures on Sunday. First for the marathon in town and then the air show West Bay and Kaboo. People could be uh, aware and avoid these areas. So yes, that's a brilliant idea. Um, good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning. Good morning, Sandy. How are you doing? Not bad there. How are you? Now, now I have a bone to pick with both of y'all just talking about turkey this morning and mm. he's talking about slow cooking turkey and this and that. I need him to get up off his computer, go down by Foster's or Costillas, pick up a turkey and cook it and start talking about it and bring it to the show. Uh -huh. What about that? Um, Sandy, number one, like you said, if someone do not like the show, change the channel. Yeah. Right? And the thing of it is, is that it does not 
what a lot of people we here on this island is more reactive than proactive. Mm-hmm. If you're getting it out and be making it, buyer beware of someone you advise in the public of what's really going on. Mm-hmm. Mr. Un- I have every respect for Mr. Vanderbilt, but what happened if the same person went to his store to go get it stuff done mm-hmm. and did not pay for his services? He's already aware of this type of person who's going to mm-hmm. get before they get to him. So, you know, tit for tat and butter for fish. Number two, mm-hmm. on the marriage convenience, my suggestion is I'm I'm not I'm not too sure if you're aware of this, but and I think you would because you're married. But when you got married, you had to be registered and you had to have your picture and all that stuff displayed, right? Or we didn't get married in Cayman, but yes, there is something okay, called. Okay, so um, when when. Uh, there is something called the posting of the bands. I don't know that it includes okay. a photo, but there is okay. a process. Okay, so I don't think it's a, it's a process. What it should do, and, and this is just me thinking out loud, because me, Jonathan, and Pamela, so we think we're have it displayed like how they do it on work permits and everything else. It has to be displayed during either um, newspaper clipping, blah, 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 this person's getting married, da, 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 da. Well, they Number put two, social media. Nobody's reading newspapers anymore. Right. Well, yeah. Well, you know what I'm talking. I just, I, I didn't want to put it like that, Sandy. Jesus Lord, give me a break. Um, but, this well, was okay. called the cold hard truth caller. Yeah, cold hard truth. That's right, Kevin. Uh, okay. Second of all, thanks, Kevin. I'm still waiting for the turn, Kevin. Um, um, the second of all, um, they should have it displayed, like I said, like the word permits as. Um, and then they should be able, to, similar to the English test, mm-hmm. just like when you're getting a U.S. green card or whatever, you get married in the U.S., they normally ask you a few questions. How do you know the person? Do you know how, you know, this couple mm-hmm. of questions, uh, how you know the person, the background, the family background, mm-hmm. you know, what's his favorite color, this and that. And they don't know what the test is going to be all about. It's right. a random test out of 100 from 1,000 say a thousand questions but you can only get only a hundred it is randomly so it's not like the english test where they could come you know you could come sweet talk somebody from wherever and then they give you the it's the computer automatically generates it okay so um and then if you if you fail it then you have another I guess 30 days to do another test and if you fail that then no sorry all right yeah, I um, think there should and, be any any chances really, right but you okay but if you Right, you're supposed to know your partner. So there you go. So have them to do a test. And then second of all, if they find out that you defraud, you know, doing this marriage by convenience, there should be a fine at least $10,000 and above. Mm-hmm. And, and some jail no, no, let, Right, no, 10000 Yeah, well, I... Jail, they, might, they might think twice. Yeah, but then if you put them in jail, then we still end up paying for it. Yeah, so I mean, Lesson. They don't have to stay there for years. Then they okay. come out. You, you you put them in jail, and then they come out with a better education and know how to rig the system better. So, um, but yeah, you you know, ten thousand dollar fine or greater, and then a photo shame, and then as soon as they come out of prison, they get repatriated. Done. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know, it's just a simple fact of that, and 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 so be it. I mean. I don't know what people don't understand. If I'm going to get married to convenience, trust me, you're going to be paying my mortgage, so it's not going to be convenient for you. <laughs> you're going to be my mortgage. And, yeah, okay, fine. I'll sit at home, and my mortgage is $22.50 per month, plus light and water bill. You're going to be paying that. Mm-hmm. You're not, and I want to say how convenient. No, I am not coming cheap. Mm-mm. My mother didn't make me cheap. 
All right. But yeah, so um, that's just one of the things, Sunday. And you have a wonderful morning. And I'm still waiting for the turkey, Kevin. Yes. All right. <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. We're going right, gonna, gonna, gonna to do it. So, uh, Kevin, sounds like you're going to have to hook that up sooner rather than later. Um, we do have another scammer alert here. I'm actually trying to find this guy's picture. Listen, we do our best, folks, to um, really reach out to people. This is another vehicle-related scam, so y'all got to hear this one. This, this one takes the cake. But we really do our best to try to get people... Uh, to do the right thing before we get to the point where we have to publicly expose them. You know, nobody, we, we get it. It's embarrassing for people to know that you're a scammer, even if you are a scammer. Uh, we talked about yesterday about the guy who ran off to Jamaica um, after Sherry Ann epically exposed him for his latest um, scam. You know, he finally left the jurisdiction. The dude left the rental car at the airport, didn't tell the rental company, left them on the high uh, with the bill. But the worst part is the airport has actually clamped. This is what somebody was telling me last night. The airport has clamped the wheel, uh, the tires, whatever they clamp, of this vehicle so that, because uh, I guess it was parked there, you know, illegally and whatever. So now they've clamped it because all this time it's been MIA. The owner, the rental company, had no clue where it was. So people are like, don't you listen to CMR? Do you not watch CMR to know that, that this guy was scamming people and apparently he missed the story? So he missed it entirely. Now he has this huge fee that is owed uh, at the airport. I guess it's CIAA that he has to pay it to. I'm not even 100% sure. But um, he's in quite a predicament. So now, now what's this poor guy going to do? It'll be interesting to know if the rental car was in his name because, you know, they, they have a credit card on file. And so if it is on file, whoever put that credit card on file, whether it's him or he got someone else to do it for him, they might be facing a hefty uh, charge on that credit card. Oh, gosh, you're right. Oh, my goodness. I hope it's not the uncle because the poor uncle, um, you know, is, is a diabetic and not in the best of health. And he has been hoodwinked by this guy substantially. Mm -mm -mm. And even the, the uncle's passport has gone MIA. And someone said that the passport was actually in the vehicle. Oh my gosh. It's it's just sad that people are um, resorting to all this kind of stuff. Um, someone says, good morning. I think he is stalling. Once uh, she left the island realistically, who is going to make him pay? Oh, he might be. He might want to think twice about it. Okay, let's give this person a call. We're not going to give any names this morning because it seems like once they know that we're calling them, they're not going to answer the phone. We're going to have to start dialing from some duppy numbers, <laughs> Kevin. Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Some burner numbers, as they call it. Oops. Here in the States, we actually got this a lot of systems that you could use where you could change and call from any number you want. That's why you get all those robocalls. Ah. Mm-hmm. Hello, good morning, Avaculture. Hi, good morning, Mr. Joshua McLean. Hi, good morning. How are you? I'm good. Sandra Hill here. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Not too bad. Any idea why I'm calling you this morning? 
Sorry? Do you have any idea why I'm calling you? Um, no, ma'am. Okay. All right. I'm going to try to refresh your memory about a little situation. Um, do you know a gentleman uh, that you sold a truck to that has been waiting for you for years to pay him back for that truck? In regards to what situation are you talking about, ma'am? The truck that you sold to him. That it turns out you actually didn't have the legal right to sell it because somebody else had a lien on it? Mm -hmm. Um... To Mr. Ritchie. Can't remember. Remember, you sold. You can't Mr. remember. Ritchie. You sold a truck to Mr. Ritchie for some. Was it eleven thousand dollars? It's a nice, nice uh, Chevy looking truck. You can't remember selling a truck to somebody. How many? So, but I understand where, where are you calling me? Oh, so you do remember the situation? You just are curious as to why I'm calling you. Well, I'm calling you because Mr. Ritchie has exhausted all efforts to get you to pay the near $20,000 back to him. But, and, okay, um, I'm actually at work, so I don't know why you're calling me. And in regards to this, doesn't concern you because Mr. Richard never told you anything about the whole story. Yeah, Mr. Richard, so what you not can do is this is provided a, all the evidence. Yes, as well. provided. Okay, so this is a government phone. So oh, what you it? can do it. Yes, ma'am. Right, so you've got another personal phone that we can reach you on? Um. I wouldn't give you my number in, in the first place. Okay. So if I was you... Well, this is the number that Richie has for you. Um, Richie has provided all of the documentation. What I'm going to suggest, because we did message you last week, we reached out to your um, local MP, who we understand you went and purchased another vehicle from, so you had money to get your bank loan from that. All I'm saying to you, Joshua, before we have to resort to putting you on social media, I would suggest you reach out to Richie and try to resolve this matter. You know what I'm saying? Well, Mr. Richard, he actually just spoke to me and he hanging up the phone on me when I was speaking to him. So, well, he says that he's he, actually what he said this morning. He says, "Good morning. I hope that all is well. I just called Josh's phone using a different number, and he finally answered me because you have not been answering him. I asked him how much of my money he can give me today, and he said he will look uh, and then give me attitude. So I hung up on him. So you're right. He hung up on you because your attitude. Uh, can you please? I, I wasn't. In, I wasn't giving the attitude. See, this is the whole point. He goes on to tell people things. Mm -hmm. I actually just told him, I said, I'm going to check. He said, okay, coming back an hour. I don't give a damn. Hang up yeah. the phone with you. That's right. what I said. That's so what you should know the truth. Th this has been going on for several years now, though. At this point, I mean, I don't really care who's hanging up on who. You would have to understand that years later that Mr. Ritchie must be frustrated from 2020. You had a payment agreement with him in 2020 from a vehicle that was purchased in February of 2019. 19, 20, 21, 22. This is like three years going into almost four years. Joshua, come on, man. You have to understand how- But did he explain your, yeah, did he explain your situation? That's why I say you don't even know the full story. So that's why you should even be calling. Going into four this years, is something that does, it, sat does down. it matter? Does it matter? If you owe the money, you just need to pay it. The same way you could go to the bank and get a bank loan, right? Hear me out now. To buy a truck from MPJE Banks, you could have borrowed money from people and paid off this man. That's all I'm saying to you. Like, you got to find a way to make things right. I mean, I don't care. Everybody's that got situations. It... Everybody's got sick people. Everybody has lost jobs. Everybody, you know, this guy has been more than patient, I would say, going into four years. Can we, can we, can we trust you to do the right thing without having to be posted on social media today? Can I leave it with you to try well, that... to do the right thing? 
Yeah, you can leave it, man. I'm trying to, but I, I, he wants it in the way. That's no way possible for anybody to no, do that. I mean, you, he's, you should he's been wanting to. it for the past almost four years. So and I understand that. Yeah. You can't do anything in one hour. All right. I'll tell you what. I'm, I'm going to be really kind to you because you're a young Caymanian, and I hope that you're really trying to be a good person. I'm going to give you the benefit of another week to do some sort of movement on this. Yeah? That sounds fair to you? Okay. Yes, ma'am. All right, my dear. Have a beautiful day. You too. Okay, dear. Bye-bye. I don't know, boy. I mean... Well, you can say there's a government phone. You don't want to give a private number. It's like, well, you that's gave... That's the only the number that, that this man has. Phone. And he's been calling him. <laughs> and he's ghosting him and not answering the phone. So, yes. you know, come on now. Every everybody has listen, everyone has a limit to what they're willing to put up with. That kind of money is a lot of money. He paid eleven thousand dollars for the car, ended up spending another, I think, eight or nine thousand dollars on the vehicle to only have a company turn around and say, Oh, that truck actually belongs to us because he put it up as a collateral to borrow a loan, never paid the loan back. And so we're gonna take the truck, and they sure enough took the truck. So this guy is out of truck and out of money. And going into four years, you've not given him anything on this? Now, you know that that's just not acceptable. So, you know, I'm going to give Josh another week. Like we said, we had messaged him. And we try to give people an opportunity. Somebody says, oh, he's a sweet guy. Sweet people can still make really poor decisions when it comes to their finances and their money. Doesn't, it doesn't mean anything. He could be sweet taking you out on a date but still not paying his bills. <laughs> so, you know, it's it's an unfortunate situation, but we want to give him an opportunity to sort himself out to get it right. If you feel sorry for him, give him a donation towards the money that he's owed. That's sweet. <laughs> Kevin, I mean, listen, we, we all get into, you know, we, we've been there. We've all had uh, financial issues here, there, and everywhere. But you have to know that... Um, when you agree to something, you enter into these purchase agreements or to pay people back or whatever, you got to stand by it. Good morning, caller. Good morning, Mrs. Dick Trace. <laughs> <laughs> Good morning, Madam Sherlock. Um, what's Sherlock Holmes' sister's name again? There's actually a movie coming out about her. Do you remember her name, Kevin? I actually didn't know. He, I didn't even know. He had oh, a my sister, God. She honest. did one already. Um, hold on. Let me tell you what your real name is. Um, Enola Holmes, I think, is her, is her name. Enola. Um, yeah, Enola. Yes, Enola mm-hmm. Holmes. She's she's had one movie, and I think part two is coming out this year. So she's pretty good. Good, madam. Uh, good morning, madam Enola Holmes. <laughs> good morning to you. What I want you to work on, though, this school teacher um, situation. Mm-hmm. I, I can't believe any of that woman's story, and that's not to call her a liar. But um, our school teachers aren't better vetted than that for our primary ages. I mean, it's not like you go into high school and as the Catholics would say, give me a child when it's until it's five and I'll have it forever. So that tells you there's something there in the psychology that you impart to a young child. So um, I, that, that's why I want you and the government to um, work on the, the school teacher situation. Mm-hmm. If that is true, if it is true, 
it's not a pretty picture for our children to be up close and personalizing with people who would display that kind of behavior. And and if 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 it is true and you give the behavior to an adult, mm-hmm. I'm sure you'll get that. Uh, mm-hmm. That's just true. But anyway, and you look at that school teacher situation and that mm-hmm. poor woman who needs to go into her sick family. Mm-hmm. Anyway, very, have a nice day. And I love, I love to soak up. I this day. All right. Thank you, my dear. Really, really appreciate it. Um, <laughs> Jonathan, this is Sandy with the threats of social media. You got a week. You hear me? Oh, my goodness. Miss Lucille says, Sandy, you have you have to be the marriage officer soon so you can put it on my road first. <laughs> well, listen, I uh, know that apparently this government is contemplating and they're looking at revising the actual um, marriage law, the Marriage Act. And so I hope that they increase the penalties for these marriages of convenience. And you know what? Most people, when there's an agreement, a marriage of convenience, there are people in the community who know about it. Y'all know what's going on. Your sisters know, your uncles know, people know. And so they need to find a way to encourage people to be part of the solution and not the problem. To come forward and assist the authorities in um, really knowing who these marriages are. And, you know, they have publication of the bans is an actual requirement in the current marriage act, right? And I see nothing wrong with the publication being put in a more public place. Because right now it's put like at the location of where the parties are getting married. But if you're not going to the wedding chapel as a guest or to get married, how many of you know who was on that list? Put it, put it on social media, put it on a website. It should be something that uh, is publicly available. So, Sandy, I'm just saying. I, I, I'm not sure if Cayman read it for this discussion yet, but I have some oh. thoughts on a, a little bit of a different side because it's very, very common. I, I know not just in the States, but I know it's also here. Uh-huh. But there are some people who are into open marriages or swingers. Uh-huh. Oh, there is and, happening here, but they hide in the church. So oh, yeah, no, no. This, this, yeah, it's definitely happening happening here. I, I, quite, I, I know it definitely is. Um, but what about those situations? Because again, if they're in an open marriage or if they're mm-hmm. a swinger and they're allowed to swap around partners, um, is it really a marriage of convenience in, in that situation, in those cases and stuff? Well, you know what, Kevin? I think that even people who are into those um, less than traditional relationships, normally they still are with that person. So they, they might be dabbling on the side and, you know, having mm-hmm. their swinging from the chandeliers and whatever else they're into. But you still know that, okay, this is my spouse. This is my primary relationship. Even if I'm sharing him or her with other people, um, that alone doesn't necessarily mean that it's a marriage of convenience. I think a marriage of convenience takes a very different turn. Like those people are still sharing their lives. They'll still, they're still married to each other. They still have families. They, you know, they're very much in a real relationship in that sense. It's just that sexually, uh, they're very, very adventurous and they're trying other things on their plate other than the mm-hmm. same meal every single day. Um, so I don't think that that necessarily indicates that it's a marriage of convenience, but it's it's some of these people don't even live in the same household. Like right. they're, they're not right. even connected in that way. They're just living their best and separate lives and they're out there having relationships with other people. Like they have a boyfriend that they're in, that they're living with and they're in a relationship with. That's different than just being a swinger. So I right. think that there is a demarcation line there. Um, yeah. 
but no, yeah, no, we no, know that definitely. we know all that's happening, child. Like I said, they be hanging out in church trying to find new swinging partners. <laughs> <laughs> Yasmin says, Oh my god, girl, you were god sent, and I love what you're doing. People are finally getting some help. You are number one. Thank you, Jasmine. Mark says facts. Um, and he says, Bro, K Man had that long time. Sure did. Alejandro says, Oh, you talk about these things, nothing new. Definitely not. Um, Jess says, put it at the post offices in every district. But again, Jess, who goes to the post office? Do you? I haven't been to the post office in probably over a year or more. I don't go to the post office. Poor Marlon, that's his job. He gets to, to check it and bring the mail home. <laughs> but, you know, locations like that, people don't go. Create an app or something where everybody can have it on their phone. And then when you see the 85-year-old man in Northside marrying a 22-year-old lady from Saiba, you might be like, Mm, uh, Poppy's about to that little seaman is about to have all his seaman's pension taken from him so I think it just needs to be more public uh, Al says talking about scammers my so called Caymanian friends uh, use the friend card to borrow money and I can't get it back oh geez um, peace Al message me we can help you he says he say his so called Caymanian friends well, they're Caymanians. You meant to say your so-called friends. <laughs> Jonathan is laughing out loud. Alejandro says, Papi Chulo. Good morning, Enola. <coughs> um, yeah, good morning again. Um, about where to post, I can remember being like five and six years old mm -hmm. and the bands for a wedding mm -hmm. were usually posted at the post office and I think the town hall too. Any older person in the community can um, help yeah. me out with that. But I think we're at the post office and the town hall, somewhere on the door, when the door, like when the door is open, you know, you come inside, you must have to see that, you know, notice that so-and-so. And these are, they, they were not like marrying foreigners. You know, they, these are Caymanians, Georgetown was marrying, you know, into the family, but yet the bands are posted. I mean, the world is much more, a much more nefarious place, and in particular, Cayman. And it looks like we just dropped the ball and talking about the seamen's pension. Those poor seamen. I mean, you know, it, it, it's something else. And and the big government just is down there making all the money in the world, getting all of the benefits in the world, and they try to do nothing. And it's not pack government. It's everybody that we've given the right and the privilege to serve. And when you can't serve the least of us, mm -hmm. then I don't know who you really put there to serve because the best of us don't need service. Mm -hmm. They just mm -hmm. need you get out the dog on me. Yes. So, you know, that marriage of convenience, that, that, that hits me in the face every day. Mm -hmm. Because when you're on the high, you can say, oh, it doesn't matter, I didn't see that. Mm -hmm. When you're on the low and you see your people suffering, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. you see families being torn apart over land deals. Yes. You hear that John John Brown grandma left him piece of land and somebody married him mm. and actually had a child for him. God bless um, the DNA situation. Mm -hmm. But you know John Brown got vacate the family place mm -hmm. where grandma legacy gave him, and you got vacate and and all kinds of mm -hmm. stuff. It, it, it's it's terrible. I mean it's a crime. It's it's a crime what these things are doing, and it's even a bigger crime for our. I, I call them our our army to just sit down there and do nothing, nothing, nothing at all about it. So I'm I'm glad to hear 
that there's finally we can try to make some movement. But yeah, publish it. Don't matter if people don't go there today because it's not convenient and they can do otherwise. Yeah. You begin to put them up there. Some fast knows somebody can go and look and see and talk. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It, it will work as a deterrent, maybe not to 100%, but as a deterrent of some um, degree, it will work. Mm-hmm. And that's why we got a, um, the compass for uh, instated government or shoot money down the, the you know, make, make people create, create an avenue that people got to go to the compass because they need help too. Mm. It was one time the Caymanian possessive, and I went to my school and I got that man. They got that much of it. Caymanian, that's possessive. Um, honey, child, let me give you a little factoid this morning. You do not have to worry about the compass needing help from government because most of the advertising government does is with the compass, probably to the tune of We understand that. So they don't, we need, understand any more, they don't need any more help. You make them go ahead and, and, and publish their face and their name. When they want, when they want Cayman papers, make them do the same. It was the law one time or some sort of um, expectation. Even if it wasn't a law, it was a policy attached to some place. I know one woman who used to complain vociferously, and, and she was a big time person. That she, she, she didn't, she didn't think that she should have to put her face in the papers because, but that was because she wasn't a nice person, mm-hmm. and everybody knew it. She didn't know, and it used to really work when people would go to immigration and babble. But I know she no no good, or he no no good, because it would really work. People would get involved, and she didn't want that. So she babbled and babbled and did what she was doing on the side. Um, and and all of a sudden, you don't hear or see nothing of people being published or nothing. You don't know who is a Cayman. You don't know who's got your rights and your privileges. But um, yeah, publish it wherever you used to publish before. Don't worry about nothing. Come fast and we go and find out and chat. Yep, I'm <laughs> thank you, caller. Okay, thank you. Bye-bye. All right, you're welcome. Uh, there is this whole thing about notices because, um, again, they're buried in a printed paper that I hate to tell you, but nobody's really reading. And I've had a few people, even some uh, law firms, reach out to me and say, hey, you know, we need to put up some legal notices. Um, but, of course, the law is, again, antiquated. And the law is relying on a printed publication. This is where legislators need to make a few changes uh, even for job ads and stuff, the law still makes reference to having it in a printed newspaper. All of that has to change, folks, because um, print media is is just about dead. I mean, we're putting the final coffins in that co- in that the final nails. My apologies in that coffin. So we have to use the modalities that people are actually using in this day and age. Good morning, caller. Welcome to the program. Good morning again, Sandy. You yes, know, sir. simple things. Simple things from people simple minds make simple um arguments that lady like i said when i came up with the idea of 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 posting it unfortunately when people pass away they are able to post that into the papers post that on the internet saying this person has passed you know Biden from the home does it Mm -hmm. from the home does Mm -hmm. it so if someone's getting married Mm -hmm. then that person should be able to post it regardless if sandy hill marriage company does this mm-hmm. don't go into that Sandy. but if sandy hill marriage company is you know getting someone married you post it online on the website and everyone else could see it mm-hmm. second of all if someone's getting married and i and a lot of people are doing it they jump and mar- get married by convenience your mama have land your daughter got land and when your daughter passed away then you divorce me take the land if you're going to get married by convenience you're trying to prenup. You're not entitled to crap. 
But people not thinking that far ahead. That's the problem. But they should. I mean, if it's convenient, it's for my convenience, not yours. <laughs> well, so you're not gonna you're gonna come in for nothing. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is, um, two years ago, um, when COVID hit, um, we went to do refinance on the house and whatever, and all the bills and whatever. Mm -hmm. So because I was not married mm -hmm. to the person I've been with for almost thirty years, mm -hmm. right? I had to go through hoops and all kind of question how long you know this person. Do you have kids by this? And I'm like, you know, we got four kids together. We've been together for this amount of time mm. and blah, blah, blah. And Ray, Ray, Ray. And I could tell you, you know, what time to get up in the morning, what time to go to bed, how much time she complains to me, this and that, whatever. I had to go through and I had to get like four letters mm. of people from the mother and everybody else to prove that I've been with this lady for so long. Mm -hmm. The only thing I didn't have to do is go to um, the Bonton, uh uh, I guess graveyard and wake up my mother and ask her. But for people who are going to get married by convenience, let me, it is let me ask simple, you a question. Um, let me ask you a question, caller. Have you considered? Mm -hmm. um, I know you said you're not married, but have you considered the new civil partnership? Have you guys thought about that at all? Or, um, the, well, we looked into that, mm -hmm. and it's the same thing of being married because when we looked at it. And we spoke to our lawyers and everything else. The lawyer yeah. says the same thing as being married because if you if you decide to separate, you're gonna be doing a, you gotta go through the same legal things and the whole nine yards. Mm -hmm. And we just figured, um, honestly and truly, that I'm not gonna go anywhere. Mm -hmm. He's not gonna go anywhere. Well, you not plan to go anywhere. Um, and we just figured we're just gonna leave it as it is. Where her whole entire family is saying mm -hmm. we should do this, we should do that, and I'm like. I just have a jinx that every one of my siblings have tried getting married mm -hmm. and that has not worked for them. Mm -hmm. And my father, who was married five times and married my mother twice, didn't work for him. So I just said, you know what? I'm leaving it as it is. And we're mm -hmm. quite content and we're quite completely happy. So, got a quick question, um, caller, on, on, on that, that I, I'm a little ignorant on because I'm not very familiar with, with how it works for, I guess, Nick Mornick civil unions, that sort of stuff with... Health. Say, say you're hospitalized and and you need someone like your medical proxy. You need someone to make some medical decision. Um, mm -hmm. it, would a civil union help allow your partner to be able to make that on your behalf, or does it yep. fall on your next of kin, which would likely be a sibling or parent? Well, Sandy, you might know. Um, yeah, well, that's, that's the whole point of it. Friend. Really, is that um, yeah, you know, you're you're able to have those types of rights without it being. You know, uh, the well, it, it's a legal equivalent to a marriage. Um, it's just that it doesn't offend some church people. Is is really how they worked around it. Uh, and there's a lot Sunday, of people who, who don't fall into just couples like you know maybe um, this caller and his partner. You know, although he says you know he does he still doesn't want to do it. But there could be a lot of people who um, don't want a traditional marriage, but they don't necessarily mind a civil partnership. Because it does give them the rights of, you know, health insurance and being able to make certain medical decisions if something should happen to their partner and those sorts of things as well. Well, the thing with it, Sandy, is that um, I know she was, she had to get an operation, um, I think it was last year, I think it was last year, last year. And some of the decisions when I, when we were speaking to the doctor and, and whatever, um, 
the doctor still included into include because she had me on I guess the secondary whatever decision need to be made. She put me down as it as I put her down on mine. So any decision, medical decision that needs to be made is done through, through either one of us. Um, I know common law, even though they say, oh, well, that's common law. Common law is not um, legally um, noticed here on this island because when we said we're common law, the bike doesn't notice common law. Hmm. So I'm telling you right off the bat, a certain mm -hmm. bank doesn't notice common law because when we were going, oh, well, we come along, oh, no, we don't notice that. We had to go to lawyers, then had to go to Glass House. And that was that was before civil partnerships were available. No, this was last year, February, when she had our operation. Okay. I don't know when, when civil law was, but I know the, a certain bank, and I will tell you that off of air, but, but a certain bank did not notice it and we had to go to the lawyers and the lawyers goes no we do not register uh, we do not notice um this type of law and then luckily because i had to go to the glass house and one of the ministers there because we want to um get a waiver for the time duty and they would notice um um what do you call it uh common law we had to go to someone in 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 the um in Glass House, one of the ministers, and because they know of our, our being together for so long, mm -hmm. they were able to sign off on it. And that's only how we were able to get signed off. Mm -hmm. Because, you know, that, that person in the ministry had known us for God knows forever. And, and basically, I've raised up around them, so they knew, you know. And, um, yeah, so that's one of the things. But, like I said, this whole common law came in, you all have to wake up and realize that we are a very rare breed. Our culture is pretty much dead. Um, and no matter how much you try to revive it, um, I haven't heard anything more about national trust anymore, like how they used to be brazen and everything else. There's no, there's, I mean, we're becoming more, the, green, the blue iguanas got more rights than us right about now. Because you can't do nothing to them. The blue parrot, the green parrot has more rights than us because you can't do nothing to them. But every single day we're being taken advantage of, and it's okay. Mm. You know, it's like, oh, well, that's okay, man, and to leave it. We have to be on, I guess we're going to have to go as an indigenous species and put our name next to the blue iguana. Mm. And, I mean, that's as simple as it is. And and we sit down and we smile, and this came unkind. You know, I always, I have a T-shirt saying, came unkind, but came on his mind. Sorry. You know, and, and I'm not being biased to anyone else because I've learned from many, many cultures and many, many nationalities. I learned from them. But at the same time, we have to protect what little of us because we have nowhere else to go, Sandy. Mm -hmm. You know, we can't pick up and go. I mean, yeah, a lot of people, how many Caymanians have said, oh, well, I'm going to England. I'm done with Cayman. Six months later, they're right back here. Yes, yeah, so I've seen, you know I've mean? seen a, lot of, a lot of people return from the UK because it's not all, yeah, the, and, all that it's packed and, up to and I've, and, and I've seen people sell their home, mm -hmm. retire, take all their pension their money, jobs, pension give money up gone. all their pension money, yep. gone, come back, and need to rent mm -hmm. and get a new job. Yeah. Yeah, no. Mm -hmm. All right, Sandy. Thanks very much. Appreciate it. Right, no problem. All right, folks. Um, Last call for any phone calls. We're going to start to wrap up the show here. We're in a little bit of overtime. 
So um, Miss Bonnie says in East End, uh, the wedding bands were posted on a public notice board for all to see. Again, where is the public notice board? I don't, I mean, I don't, like I said, I don't go to the post office. How many of you actually go to the post office where you'd see those? And the requirement is that they're posted, they have to be up for seven days. So, you know, if you go to the post office every other week, you're still going to be probably missing a lot of marriages. I mean, I don't know. Uh, Gabby says, over 30 years and not married, what are you waiting for? <laughs> and then she says, well, different strokes for different folks. Not everybody's end goal in life is a conventional marriage, folks. I mean, some people are very, very happy. Um, they still live as one. I mean, it's still a union for them. They just don't need any piece of paper. Uh, but I, I can see from a legal perspective where um, there are times that, um, you know, it makes sense to have it, Right. So Jonathan says, sugar walls come with a price sometimes. And uh, Alejandro says, I agree. Maggie says they're posted at the place of the marriage, I guess, like the offices of some of the marriage officers. And that's correct. That is absolutely correct. But again, I mean, I went to, to Miss um, Joy's place. Oh, gosh. When did Misha get married? That was back in 2019, I think, pre-COVID. I've not been since. I don't go to a lot of weddings, really. So it's not the kind of thing... Um, Jess says a lot of people still go to the post office. Do y'all? What mess? <laughs> I actually tell, I need to email CNB again today because I noticed they sent me some more um, like bank statements and stuff. I've told them, please stop wasting paper. If I want a, a bank statement, I can go online and print it off myself. I can see it. I can save it as a PDF. I can save every month in a folder. I do not need you to print those off and send those by snail mail to me when all I do is shred it and chuck it in the garbage. Trust me when I tell you it's a complete waste of paper. And I did send them a notice and I think they've removed some accounts and then there's some that I'm still getting stuff for. So I'm actually going to email them again today to please ask them to stop mailing me stuff. If you, if you don't want to contact me, send it by traditional mail. <laughs> yeah, I think I got mine where I just get an annual statement at the end of the year or something because, I mean, that's the only one that they need to send. But, yeah, it's so much easier to search through your electronic media to find stuff with keyword searches and stuff. The paper is just, it's all it's going to do is clutter my home. Yeah, exactly. So Kevin's news. Now, Kevin, I know you have it dated November 17th. Am I missing something? Is that the right news? Hmm. Um, Did I name it incorrectly? Let me just double check what okay, I named yeah, it. Yeah, just double check that that's the right one. You know, I'm on vacation me. mode right now. It should I know, say I know. Is just it double check and let's make sure that that's correct. Um, Mark says, Sandy, happy Tuesday. No system. I know. Today we lucked out. No, I mean, I think the computer already knows that it's it's on ice. It's going to be relegated for Marlin to deal with here in a minute once that new computer comes next week. Honey, chill. Sorry, but I need reliability at work. Um, before we leave today, I wanted to express our condolences to a few people. Um, first of all, this gentleman, a lot of you may not know him by face, but in Miami, he is a legend, an icon, as they say. His name is uh, Mr. Felipe Valls Sr. He's the founder of the landmark Versailles Cuban restaurant in Miami. He died over the weekend at age 89 years old. He's an entrepreneur. During his life, he opened some 40 restaurants. He, his name uh, and Cuban cuisine is synonymous with each other. Um, you know, whether it was a steaming plate of ropa vieja or a short uh, shot of, sorry, rich black Cuban coffee, 
um, where people would sit down and speak in Spanish and English and whatever other languages, he is, you know, uh, just a staple in Little Havana and Calle Ocho. So everybody knows him. Former presidents, including Bill Clinton, went to dine there. George W. Bush popped over for breakfast. Donald Trump even visited the bakery while on the campaign trail for a second term run in 2020. So I do see a caller calling into the program. Good morning, caller. Are you trying to be live on air? Because we're still live. Yes, ma'am. Good morning. Morning, Miss Donna. Okay, nice. Oh, beautiful. Oh, what time is that now? All right, let me do my best to come. Um, hopefully the security will let me in. Tell them I'm coming. Hey, Sonny, just letting you know that caller is not, not transmitting. Okay. Uh, who, who is that? Who is that in the background? Oh, hello, honey. <laughs> how? Sandy, no one else could hear the call. How are you? Yes. Yeah, I'm gonna. I'm gonna make it. Um, Kevin, you you ready to roll out with me this morning? Because I do have to hook up with Kevin um, for a little meeting. But Kevin, maybe we should go to this. Um, together and just make it one big thing, then we can grab lunch afterwards. Can't, can't hear what she's saying. Can you hear me? All right. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks. Yeah, that's wonderful news. Thank you very much. Thanks, Ms. Donna. She does a lot of um, heritage events uh, all the time. Um, 11 o'clock. So sounds like we need to get going. Us were able to hear anything. Can you hear me now? Because I was trying to talk to you to let you know we couldn't hear anything. Oh, yes. I can hear you now. I'm not sure if you were muted okay. because. Yeah. Well, no, I wasn't muted. When you when that caller came in, you know how we were doing audio tests last night? However, that person called, it did not come through the board. So I couldn't hear the conversation. And also when I was trying to speak to you, you couldn't mm -hmm. hear me. Hmm. Did, did, did everybody else hear Miss Donna? I'm not sure if people heard her. Um, so that one came through WhatsApp on my regular phone. So she didn't call the oh, show phone. But got it. Um, yeah, I had no, all I heard is you inviting me to somewhere right after, and I didn't, I don't know what it was. See, other people are saying they, they didn't oh. know it either. Oh. Huh. I didn't hear her know. Oh. So I wonder, can somebody else call me? Anybody else who has my regular phone? Um, Siobhan, call me on WhatsApp. Because um, I noticed that the settings were all for the pro chat, which I thought would have been fine, but we can adjust it. Um, we can figure it out on the fly. So anybody else willing to call me and what's up? Call me right now. You got my number. Here's you, got a my live test. you and I did some testing yesterday and I, everything seemed to work out. But this, yeah, no, so let me just check. So it's, it's, um, it's on pro chat. Maybe I need to change it to main for the microphone. Hold on now. Hello, caller. Good morning. Can you hear her, Kevin? You can't nope, hear her? All right, hold on. We're trying to figure out why people can't hear you, honey chill. Can you can you hear so, me, Sandy? Um, all right. Well hold 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 on one second. I'm sure we um I'm sure we want people to hear it. So give me one second here. Let me um try to figure out 
Um, what setting I should change this to? Huh. Um, I've definitely gotten calls before through this without. Um, let me change it back. Hold on, hold on. Using this, yeah, we did. We did take callers recently on this, and it worked. But uh, hold on one second. But I think people on radio can actually hear you, you know, which is interesting. I think, can somebody on radio confirm if they can hear Siobhan for me? Keep talking, Siobhan. Yeah, I think they can hear you. But you know what? I think through the board now, this is where I'd have to change you. Try now. Hi, good morning. Hello. You can hear her now, right? Now I hear her. Can you hear yeah, me? Because so I, I means that, um, let me just make a note here of what I actually needed to change. It so seems like you still can't hear me, though. Can you hear me, Sandy? Um, child, I got to write all these things down because the brain not so young anymore. So, okay. so incoming WhatsApp calls, an alternate phone. So basically, I need to change the mic settings there to um, pro hmm, to mean. Okay, that's interesting. All right, caller, you said you had some thoughts then on uh, was it the marriages of convenience? Yeah, um, I heard. I heard somebody. Um, I I was listening in trying to get some work done here, and I actually try not to call in, but this one particularly. Um, struck a nerve with me and they were speaking about these marriages of convenience and you said you know the mr so-and-so whoever just hypothetical human um is marrying miss so-and-so from the mm -hmm. side but he's 80 and she's 20 right you know um like jonathan said even the old men need to be happy and i don't have no problem with that the issue that i actually have mm -hmm. with it is i do i do have a, a great disdain for these marriages of convenience mm -hmm. but who i more <clears throat> feel it for and get upset about are actually the former wives of these seamen because they were the ones who stayed here and held down the fort when these men were out to sea. And when these men up and leave them in their 60s, 70s, 80s, and go and find these new wives with their baby kids, that's what I call them, baby kids, um, it is these women who are left holding the bag, who are left struggling. Mm -hmm. who oftentimes were not able to, to go out and make a living because they stayed home and held down the fort. Mm -hmm. And now I see it all the time. I see it all the time. These women are in the supermarkets struggling. Mm -hmm. Can you buy me a soup? Can you buy me a lunch? Mm -hmm. So for me, the least of my worries is the idiot that went to marry mm -hmm. Somebody else who he thought would have her best interest at heart, and 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 oftentimes this is not a situation where you know um these this, these people were divorced and you know he moved on. No, no, no. These mm -hmm. are I'm leaving my six to five year old wife mm -hmm. for a twenty five year old woman. Yeah. And then when when the, the the you know what hits the fan, then it's often the first mm -hmm. wife who comes back while the Miss Honduras, Miss Jamaica, Miss Trinidad, Miss whatever you want to call her, is getting the seaman's pension. Mm -hmm. When the man dies, mm -hmm. guess who's getting the money mm -hmm. from the seaman's pension? Not the first wife who actually made it possible for him to go out there. Oh, no, no, no. 
She mm. may, she gets no benefit beyond the time that she's married to him. Yeah. That's the part of the law that needs yeah. to be revised and changed and looked at. The only person, in my opinion, who mm. should be in terms of um, dependent that should be entitled to that money is the person who was the spouse at the time you were a seaman. Kill it dead. So that will eliminate any idea about this seaman's pension that they get because that is the only thing that I see that government ensure that they do a good job with. Mm. And so, I don't know, they must find it very attractive. Mm. But if any government MP is listening to me, that'd be something to consider that yeah. the only person dependent, unless mm. the first wife has passed, the only dependent would be the person who was the spouse at the time mm. of your yes. seamanship. I agree with you a thousand percent. And we've said it on this program before. They need to curtail it because quite honestly... Um, what is most interesting about this, believe it or not, is the fact that that benefit keeps going up despite the fact that yes. the seamen are actually yes. dying. Now, Siobhan, stay, hang on the line because I'm curious to know if you guys can hear both Siobhan, which is on my personal phone via WhatsApp, and the other caller. Caller, welcome back to the program. Go ahead and talk for me because I'm curious to yeah, see if we could actually have people calling on two yeah, different phones. Hi. Hello? Can you hear okay. can you hear both, um, Kevin? Yes, I can hear Siobhan. Can you, can you hear me? Hi. Yeah, can you hear me? Siobhan. Sadly, give me one second, Siobhan. This is for you, darling. I gotta give you hands up. Um, I think honestly and truly, the law should have some protection for this the late the sea uh, the the seaman's wives. If you decide that you're gonna leave your wife. There could be a protection for her until she passed. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. There should be a absolutely. protection. Yeah, I, what, I don't what, care because... Sorry to cut you off, but what I don't believe that the public sh purse should be made to cover are these Jonah-come-lately wives who had no mm -hmm. idea about probably even where Cayman is, was, or would have been. No, the law office right. should exactly. offer no protection for them. If the seaman won't take his money and piss it down the drain with him and his baby kids, that's his glory. I shouldn't be made, you shouldn't be made, nor the public press be made to be paid for no donor come lately. Wife, no, sir. Oh, and, and one of the things is that I remember when, when my father divorced my mom for the second time, um, even when she got sick, critical ill, we were able to go to cynical and she was able to still get her seamanship as the wife because he was a seaman. And ironically enough, when they put her name up, they put her name up as a wife onto the in the seaman's hall, and he was right across from her. And I'm like, even in death, they can't separate, right? Um, but there could be. There could be a protection for those ladies who put their back in. They did not finish school. They didn't do this. They stay home, take care of the kids, raise the kids, do all of that. I'm sorry, but let me tell you this. Having a young girl, like, I don't know if y'all watched Sinbad, because Sinbad is sick right now. He had, he had a stroke last year. Mm -hmm. But Sinbad did a comedian show. He said he does not want a young girl. Because a young woman does not know an, a um, sign of a stroke, right? You could be stroking out, and she'd be like, "What's wrong with your face, baby? What's wrong with your face?" When you get a woman that that know a sign of a stroke, that's the type of woman that you want, baby. Come here, take this pill. You're oh good. Oh my god, you almost made me spit you know? my tea just now. Try and stop it. <laughs> but go watch you know the sign, and you'll see. You know what you're talking about. In the words so, of my grandma. 
but working old thing is better than a young thing anytime. And I believe that my grandparents have been and, married for well over and, 50 and, years. My grandfather's a seaman. And I can tell you what, he better don't bring no joy to come lately, girl, around us, because that be the end of him and her. Oh, God. I can't take y'all. West Bay, West Bay and, and, has and officially the, entered the show. <laughs> And and the thing of it is, you know, rest assured, my family don't have that problem. My grandfather is not that kind of man. Mm. I dare tell him about that. You know, I I will tell you this. What really gets me, and uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Mm -hmm. I hear a lot of this in 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 the places where they'll come to you and say, "Well, I need a man to pay my rent. I need a man to do this. I need a man to take care of me because in my country, the man take care of me. So what the hell are you doing here?" Go home. Go home. You got, it, it, no, you but I'm just saying. Go home. Because, Sandy, I hear a lot of this. And a lot of the men will rather go and pay their rent, pay their what, this stuff, instead of taking care of the lady at home. Well, she thought she saw that she looking like she needed to be an escort. She needs to change a career, become a luxury companion of some sort. Because that's the only like or a sugar baby or whatever she wants, a books, whatever she wants to call him. But I am sorry, I am sick. And like I said, if the seamen are stupid enough to go and give them their two shillings, mm-hmm. then that's their glory. But the wives or ex-wives or whatever should not have to be holding the bag. And more often than not, it is when these men become old, can't wipe their behinds, it be that same wife mm-hmm. that they fought tooth and nail to make sure that they didn't get a dime or that their new wife got this or their new wife got that. It's often her that has to go back and clean his behind. Mm-hmm. I tell you what, they look at my gunner. Well, let me tell you this. It, it is, it is facts. And, and I think that they should do, as, uh, the law should do some protection for the semen. They put them up on high pedestal protector wise. It hurts my heart mm-hmm. to, see these, to see these elderly women who literally are the backbone of this country who literally made sure that they kept things mm-hmm. safe on the home front, that they held yeah. it together, that our economy could grow, that we could t- t- make this country to be something and somewhere. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then this right. is how, this is the regard that we have for them. No, mm-hmm, I saw her. No, it's time for the law to catch up with the times. They're catching up to the margins of convenience or they need to catch up to the inconvenience of these in- of these margins of convenience. That, mm-hmm. the, what I just spoke about is one of them. I am tired of seeing it. Mm-hmm. Yes, sir. All right, my dear. Thank you very, very much. Appreciate it. All right, Sandy. We end, it, we end the show with a good note. And I am sorry that I spoke too soon about your computer. But, yeah, there we no go. Man, no, man. It's still, uh, it's still doing good. You know, I just had to adjust one little setting in one of the mic areas. Because um, the, the issue okay. here is there's multiple inputs coming in to, like, you know, different mic settings. So one little adjustment, we got both of you on separate phones now. So we have you on the okay. regular um, Bobo number calling on the direct okay. line and we have Siobhan on WhatsApp. And this is quite an ideal situation because some people can't remember the Bobo number half the time. So if you call me even my regular number, at least via WhatsApp, which is I'm pulling that through the computer, you see. So that works. Right, right, right. So yeah, we, we get yeah, there, man. We get there. Uh, so so, so are you going to start it? Oh, you, so you can't hear me now. Yeah, 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 I can hear you. When 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 the other caller was on, you couldn't hear me. I I don't know if Siobhan was just overpowering you because she has that tendency with men, in particular. So um, 
That's okay, man. You're a woman, you know, huh? Yeah, boy. Oh, she's she a little bit strong, you know. You, you, you got, you got, you mm. got some vacative to be able to deal with her. So I'm you not better have sure. some. I'm not you sure. You better have some baboon and some stout to, to deal with Siobhan. Because I'll tell I you, hear you, I hear you. Nobody yeah. now going to jump in her part. I, I'm not so sure that I couldn't hear you, but she was definitely overpowering. So I missed um, okay. Yeah. But the radio has been good. Chuck said he could hear everybody and the radio perfectly fine. So um, but I think I think yeah. some people online couldn't hear her and now they can they could hear her. So that that worked out. So I'm just making some notes. All right, I will I I will suggest that we put Siobhan ahead of Marge com for convenience laws and seaman laws. <laughs> Put, put, put her, her on the board. Come her, on, put her, her on the board. Go on, get a committee on the board, yeah. and she'll be the chairman or chairperson. Yeah, she'll be the chairman. <laughs> I, I will guarantee you <laughs> there'll be a lot of single heartful, brokeful men on this island. Trust me. She's <laughs> probably taking it out on everybody. No, denied. Like, no, no. I can see that. I can see denied. that denied stamp now. Stamp denied. You will not be married. <laughs> You are not the father. Let's go. <laughs> You're not the convenience that we're looking for. <laughs> she's gonna, she's gonna go to one of those places and get a stamp made, and the stamp is oh, gonna Siobhan, be. I thought uh, she was. I thought Siobhan was still on the line. Oh, you're not there. Hello, Siobhan. Siobhan <laughs> had told me must hang up, but um, no. <laughs> tell my friend that I say, I not worried about no lonely old man. He gonna be all right. Mm -hmm. Listen to me. These seamen airport they went to, it looked like they dropped off children. Mm -hmm. They had enough women for three lifetimes. They're going to be okay. They're going to be okay. But like I said, until the law, yes. that, that until the law catches up with the inconvenience mm -hmm. of these marriages of convenience, mm -hmm. I do not hear nothing about him and he lonely heart. Mm -mm. Here, Jonathan. I'm sorry, here, Jonathan on, says on. those seamen, they knew baby. the difference between wet seas and dry beach. <laughs> Jonathan said they knew the difference or they know the difference between wet seas and dry beach. You hear what I tell you? You hear what I tell you? Siobhan. My mother told me right now all the girls is looking is a nurse or a purse. And so yeah. all the men are looking is a nurse or a purse. So they have they're gonna have just switch it up a little bit and look a purse because all the girls now, the baby kids and that coming days look in a purse. Mm -hmm. And you know what mm -hmm. is even more egregious about, on a more serious note, what is even more egregious about this whole um, situation as it relates to marriages of convenience is that a lot of times it's not even just the spouse who's going to be gaining this immense convenience of um, all of they, they start to bring family. Them, they start to bring a million and one relatives. All of a sudden they got five them. children. That now they're bringing in, and those children acquire status, and they're going to get Siemens benefits because now they're a product of that new marriage. But, 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 the whole, but Siobhan, Sandy, the other, the other thing is, too, is that when you see them bring the kids, then the first thing you say, my mom is not feeling well, my mother has to come up, and then the mother has to come up as well. Mm -hmm. You and have not seen that? Sick mother is them. And they're coming with they're coming with their bag of baby kids. Are tired of it. Are tired of all the baby kids. I really am. Mm, mm, mm. And these poor old women who got grown, grown children, grown, grown children got chased behind this man when he ate something years old. Changing he pampers like she not had enough of that in her lifetime. No man, miss me with this foolishness. Mm. 
I'm going to tell you a story, Sane, really quickly. I know someone who I grew up with, who father had a business and everything else. Father passed away. Mm -hmm. The son took over the business. The son ran the business. Yes, the father was married to another lady. When the business got sold, when the building got sold, and I'll tell you exactly the building after you come off here. When the building got sold, the wife took majority of it. Now the son has mm -hmm. to go somewhere else and rent to open up a business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And, and the, and the son way. barely got anything. So, I mean, and, and, and that's somebody that everybody knows, mm -hmm. you know, and the thing of it is, is that, um, well, I hope my father, my father thought, my, let me tell you something right now. When my father divorced my mother the first, the second time, he thought that he was going to get a young girl. So wait a minute. Your and father, my mother your being, father divorced her. Let me try. When you keep saying the second time. Twice, twice, So your twice. mother second, divorced second. her and got married. And then they divorced No, again? he was, no, no. He got married, my, he married my mother twice. Wow, okay. He and when he, he, went to divorce, he went to divorce her, so nice, he, had he to do it twice. Twice, there we go. But guess what? Yeah, what he made a decision a in his head. thing is better than a young thing. Listen to me, here's a joke. He went to make a mistake and found a young thing and thought that he was going to marry her. Mm. My mother went to him. Listen to me. My mother went to him and she said, if you find a, if, um, she said, you found a jacket that you want to wear, um, at, uh, not to tell, um, Captain Pio, got a jacket that you want to wear, go get married to what happened to you. Go get married. I bear both you at that pulpit. And you know, he didn't do it. Because a good woman is better than a young king. She said, let me tell you something. And, and, of and all the people, BS that I took... people who are listening to the program and have no clue who Captain Tio is, I think I think you need that to try and tell them. Bond's funeral yeah. home. Yes, Bond's that's right. right. And he had, and she used to say he had from the, I don't know if a lot of Caymanians don't remember this, but he had from the cradle to the casket. From the cradle to the grave, but he even used to be right. the undertaker. Right, he used to sell Cradles, cribs, everything, bed, everything <laughs> to the listen, casket. Listen he, to what Alejandro he said. Everything. Alejandro says, you know what's funny? These seamen not listening to this show because they got a Nokia 5200 or something, so they're not busy. <laughs> 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 yeah, oh but, that, but that, but that, but that, but that, Ariana, but that Miss Jamaica, Miss Philippines, she got, about, she got a 1400 phone. They're not business about what we sing unless they listen to Bobo. <laughs> Mm -hmm. they, they might be listening but, to Bobo, you know, John, um, Alejandro. This is the uh, this is the number one show, you know. Marina, so you never know. They might be tuned in too. Yeah, they might be tuning in. Yes, they might be tuning in because Sandra is the new um, she's the new um, matchmaker, Jonathan says, if the man and the woman are both 80, they both need their pampers changed. Uh, Christopher, Jonathan don't know what he talking about. That's how I know Jonathan born um, in the two thousands. Christopher says scholarships are also at risk. Siobhan, I got a direct Thank call you. coming in, so I got to hang up on you now. Let me see if this person's trying to get on this. They keep calling me, and I keep saying that I'm on I'm on air, so I can only assume they want that, to uh, that they're trying to come on the show, but I'm not really sure. Um, oh, okay, so Kevin Kevin's got to run. All right, folks, uh, we're going to end the program now. Thank you guys so much. Thank right. you, Chris. Well, thank uh, you so much, Sandy. We ended on a good note. 
So there we go. Yes. Beautiful. Um, thanks, guys, very much for, again, another very interesting and lively show. Kevin, appreciate it. Um, I know My you guys need to do. I'll try to make it over to SciFec. Thank you, Alejandro. Don't worry. This will be a conversation that we will undoubtedly circle back to on more than one occasion, you can rest assured, because the problems are not going away. So here's your morning headlines. Uh, check out the more in-depth analysis of your news on Facebook and YouTube. Please follow us on social media at Cayman Mall Road. Hello, I'm Kevin Watler, and this is your CMR Daily Buzz. Four people were arrested for immigration-related offenses on Wednesday at the West Bay Road Public Beach during an enforcement operation conducted by the Compliance Unit of Workforce Opportunities and Residency Cayman Work, the Department of Commerce and Investment, DCI, and the Royal Cayman Islands Police Service. Three of those detained were arrested for working without work permits, and one was handed over to the Customs and Border Control for overstaying. As three armed men were attempting to rob a restaurant in Prospect Friday night, police on patrol in the area caused them to flee empty-handed. The crooks were not caught. Wanted man Mitchum Wood was located and arrested by police officers during an operation in Northside on Saturday. Based on observations made at the time of the arrest, officers had reason to suspect Wood of being involved in a burglary which had occurred earlier that day at a service station on Bowden Town Road. The Cayman Islands Customs and Border Control Service are processing more Cuban migrant arrivals. Groups arrived on both Thursday and on Saturday. The Royal Cayman Islands Police Service and Cayman Coast Guard are informing the public of several road closures, traffic diversions and boating restrictions that will be taking place to facilitate the Cayman Islands Air Show Flying Display and Aircraft Exhibit on Saturday. Details of all diversions, restrictions and closures are posted on the Cayman Mall Road website, Facebook or Instagram pages. The Ministry of Tourism and Transport has welcomed two new members. Eldon Chisholm is the policy advisor and Victoria Stewart is the senior human resources manager. They took up the positions earlier this month. Also, the Ministry for District Administration and Lands has promoted two internal candidates to the role of director and deputy director within the Department of Lands and Survey. Now for your CMR weather update, it's brought to you by WG Charters, sunrise at 641, partly cloudy skies with a chance of scattered thunderstorms. Now when the temperatures at 86 degrees Fahrenheit and humidity at 72% like the forecast calls for, it will feel like it's in the mid-90s. Winds east-northeast at 10 to 20 miles per hour and the sun sets at 545. At nighttime, the temperature falls to the high 70s. Looking forward, similar weather conditions are expected, except the winds will pick up a little stronger later this week. Now for some regional and international news. JP Farms, Jamaica's most prominent commercial grower of bananas, announced it will be taking legal action against fraudsters in Canada who have misrepresented its brand by selling bananas bearing fake JP branding. JP Farms says it wants the fake JP branding removed from Canadian markets as soon as possible. 
Four Jamaicans have been charged with lottery scamming following a police military operation in St. Anne, Jamaica on Saturday. The operation was conducted in search of illegal guns and ammunition, drugs, lottery scamming paraphernalia, wanted persons and persons of interest. The world's largest active volcano has erupted in Hawaii on Sunday for the first time in nearly four decades. This is the first eruption since 1984. If you would like to know more on any of these stories, visit caymanmallroad.com or follow Cayman Mall Road on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Twitter, and YouTube. That's it for now on Daily Buzz. Thank you for joining me. Please stay safe and God bless.